So this episode is brought to you by Sports and Ortho Physical Therapy. I'm here with Dahlia Fami, owner of Sports and Ortho, where they specialize in rehabilitation services of fire and police. Dahlia, welcome. Thanks, Corey. It's really nice to be here. Thank you for having me. So Dahlia, tell me about Sports and Ortho and what makes you guys different than everybody else. Well, Corey, a lot of people think that all therapy clinics are created equal, but honestly, they're not. We rehabilitate firefighters, paramedics, and police officers the same way we would rehabilitate professional athletes. You can't have the same rehab for this population as you do for a 60-year-old, for example. We have customized our rehab of this population specifically to what they need to do at work. We have a saying at our clinic, which is this, this is not your grandma's clinic, which basically means that we understand there's a difference between Chicago's finest and your typical injured person. So how exactly do you guys customize it? That's a really good question. Well, first of all, we have all the equipment needed to rehabilitate true to form. In many of our clinics, we have drag dummies, stretchers, punching bags, ladder climbers. We even have our own fire engine in one of our south side clinics. But most importantly, we recognize the need to be aggressive from day one. We don't believe in passive therapy. We push our patients from day one so that they can come back faster and stronger. That's awesome. That's that's pretty much how we train. Uh, how long does it typically take for you guys to get an injured person back to work, let's say after like a surgery? Our average, Corey, is less than five months, even for big surgeries like ACL repairs or rotator cuff surgery. In the last 17 years that we've been open, we've had less than 10 people not return back to work from an injury. I think that's a pretty good track record. Wow. Yeah, that is impressive. Well, folks, there you have it. If you're looking to get back from an injury, look up our friends at Sports and Ortho. They have seven locations across Chicagoland. You can find them online at sportsandortho.net. Thank you, Dolly, for being here. Pleasure was all mine, Corey. Truck 2, Truck 10, Ambulance 82, Battalion 2, Fire 1020 North Main, help is on the way. Okay, well, welcome back to Chicago's Bravest Story. Uh, this is going to be a... Corey, would you say this is a special episode? Oh, it's so special to me. So special to me, Vince. Got three, three of my pals. I mean, Brian, we're not that close, but we will be. At the, yeah. end, of the, at the end of this, we will. Right. You got you to gotta at least two hours to get to know this guy. Oh, God. You, we were just talking about, like, I I know that we've met before, and I was, like, telling Brian, I'm like, I can't remember if we, like, have met at bars multiple times and we're just too hammered to, like, remember the conversations we had, or if we're super close. I'm like, I couldn't remember. No. <laughs> it's that awkward, like, hey, buddy, Uh-oh. pal. Yeah, you're, you're sober. <laughs> My guy. <laughs> oh, you got a shirt on. That's cool. <laughs> New look. That's fine. <laughs> uh, so, Corey, why don't you introduce the guests, and we're going to dive into uh, this podcast here. Sure. Um, uh, we've got Brian Wozniacki from? Chicago Fire Department. Chicago Fire Department. Uh, engine guy? Engine 117. Engine 117. We've got Daniel Trader, the uh, the elusive Daniel Trader. <laughs> Hello. <Very elusive. laughs> uh, Danny, what uh, what are you doing these days? I own a security and consulting company. Ooh, and he should with the way this beard looks. Like an Israeli <laughs> contractor right now. 
I actually brought my Israeli contractor ball cap. I, my <laughs> wife was. <laughs> um, and then we've got we've got Alfredo Caballero, lieutenant for. Or Buffalo Grove. Yeah, Buffalo Grove. And yeah. Union President. And Union President. And new Union President. Steve would be proud of you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, He's giving you a standing ovation as we speak. Yeah, yeah. With, uh, yeah. Um, well, but, but yeah, so we got, a, we got a bunch of guys, a bunch of great guys. Um, yeah, um, let, this actually started off with, uh, uh, you know, Brian, you and I were trying to get this done for <laughs> a while. You were having some, you know... Uh, hesitations about coming stuff. on, and that's I kind of that's twist- an understatement, right? <laughs> I kind of twisted your arm, and you know, uh, mostly because fucking because uh, Vince's guys at the firehouse nicknamed this place the the Bang Shack, <laughs> so he's like, dude, I can't do Thursday morning. Did they really name this thing the Bang? <laughs> I, I, you know, is that, what, <laughs> is that why I'm sitting furthest from the door right now? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Corey has no problems with his back to the door. Now uh, so Brian and I were trying to, you know, we wanted to do this, uh, get this together. And then uh, Corey made a couple phone calls and, you know, you guys know Brian is better than I do. And, you know, Brian and I go back from our uh, old part-time job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave that. Re- that. We'll just leave. <laughs> we'll leave that there. Recently. Uh, yeah. Recently retired. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh I want to, you know, every you guys um, uh, all have military background, and we're going to kind of dive into uh, the military stuff with Brian before we actually get into the firefighter stuff. So whenever you guys want to chime in and ask a question, please do. That's why we have you guys here. We want, and we're going to probably have to wind up doing an episode with just you guys too. But, you know, we didn't want to miss the opportunity to get you all together here. And, you know, Brian didn't know you guys were coming here. So this was a surprise. And uh, um, Alfredo, when you walked in, he knew that Danny was (laughs) not not far behind. (laughs) I'm not sure that says good things about (laughs) him. They walked in and said, did you you see Alfredo? And I was like, what? He goes, he he doesn't know yet. And there's only two. (laughs) <laughs> one of two people that I know, and I tell you, walk in. He goes, "Well, there's another surprise." I'm like, I already know the second surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and Corey walks in. He's like, "Did you see Alfredo on the way?" I'm like, "No, no, no. He doesn't know." And he's, Corey's like, uh, "I mean, uh, do you want Alfredo? Uh, yeah, we're gonna order some food. <laughs> it's cold, so a nice hearty meal would be good for." <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, welcome uh, to Chicago's Bravest Stories. We really appreciate you guys coming on, and I'll cheers to you guys coming so, here. Hey, cheers! Cheers! Thank you for having me. Right. Thank you very much. Um, so, Brian, let's uh, let's dive into it because I'll tell you what, I probably haven't done my homework this thorough in with oh any other guests. I mean, look at I got five pages of notes. We got a um, couple, couple Polaroid pictures in there too. I think. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I there was a picture that I got sent of you that I I want to put up on our Facebook, but I. I was like, I better ask Brian's permission for it. It is no. a wound that you suffered. <laughs> I already know. No. <laughs> All right. We can, we're maybe definitely, we, we're wound, definitely putting it wound, on. It's a wound you suffered in college. Yeah. Uh, it was a type of drinking party. Well, let's, uh, let's go all the way back to um, where'd you go to high school? Notre Dame. Well, started off at St. Pat's and then okay. transferred to Notre Dame. Okay. And. The interesting thing about that is that both your mom and dad are both 
were both CPD at the time when you were growing up. They were both police officers for the Chicago Police Department, right? Yeah. And I know uh, we talked that, you know, your dad was in uh, that uh, special unit uh, back in the day of CPD. Yeah, at the time it was called uh, either gang crimes or special operations. They keep changing the name. But they, uh, for crazy reasons, they disbanded that group and... I guess they multiple were too, times they yeah. were <laughs> something about being too effective. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's something, something. Like that. Uh, but uh, I also found out an interesting story about you growing up in high school that because oh your uh, parents were CPD, they um, you just throw against the wall, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> they actually used to breathalyze you. <laughs> when you would come home on a regular basis, yeah. So his mom would God get like these damn. kits, and when he'd come home, you know, he couldn't. He'd be like, "No, I wasn't drinking," you know. And his mom <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, well here, blow so, into this thing." Some, I, something like her friend was involved with inventing it, so she had like a bag of these things, <laughs> these little tubes that you break, and the crystals change colors if you have any alcohol yeah. in your system, breath whatsoever. Well, they, were, I, they, were, they worked. It, they were effective. I guess at some point. <laughs> she really was just using, like, glow sticks. Like, <laughs> screwing oh, you every time. Oh, look, that's a positive. Oh, yeah, it's a breathalyzer. Like, yeah. It actually got to the point where I'd walk in and be like, I know, don't waste it, I'm drowning. <laughs> <laughs> right, don't crack it. You win. Well played. Um, so. So Northwest Side guy? What's that? Northwest Side guy? Yeah. Growing up? Yeah. Lower Park. Oh, nice. Yeah. There you go. Get that. Get Dan, that beer going. Get that beer. <laughs> okay. Right. You, you can say talk. yes. Give me that. Um, uh, so Brian, so nine eleven happens, and you decide to join the Marine Corps. Yes. Is that is that pretty much now? Why why the Marine Corps has opposed to any other branch of the service? Well, that actually that question takes us sorry like way further back yeah. when I was a little kid. Uh, just looking up to my uncle, uh, he was a Vietnam veteran. And he was always, like, the cool guy, but he was also kind of messed up, so he was, like, scared the <laughs> shit out of me, you know, growing up. And uh, But I always looked up to him. He was a, 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 a Vietnam yeah. vet? Yeah. And uh, he always had, the, like, the VFW magazines and the Foreign Legion magazines, and I'd look at him as a kid. And it all came down to one thing. I They were talking about Marines, and I asked my dad, like, what, what's a Marine? Army, Navy, Air Force? And he, I think he just kind of, like, oh, they do a little bit of everything. Kind of, I think he like brushed off the question. Well, that was like, well, that sounds kind of cool. A little bit of everything. <laughs> That's it. And then ever since, I mean, it was a kid. I just, I ran with that. Yeah. So I was going to be a Marine growing up. And then uh, it went away. I kind of kind of grew out of it in high school a little bit. Um, I wanted to be a fireman. The, the rumor that the test was coming up. So we're all waiting for that. And then uh, I was going to get in the trades. I was, I was going to, like, probably going to end up being a plumber. But I was either carpentry or plumbing. Uh, I was in EMT school, getting ready to do the paramedic thing for the fire department. Where'd you go to EMT school? I was at Wright College. Uh, I was enrolled, and then 9-11 happened, and then I left. I, three days, two or three days later, I decided I enlisted. What? Uh, I forgot how old you are. Are we the same age? I'm 37. Okay, I'm 38. 37. I think I'm 37. <laughs> I usually have to ask my wife if I okay. I'm usually like one year off. Yeah. I think I'm 37. So when you joined, you were 18 or 19? Eight, 18. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I was like two months away from 19. Were you okay. in, 
It's probably Did just 9/11 part. inspire you to to join? To no, I was in basic training when 9/11 happened. Oh, so, so I was just like, "Fuck! I didn't sign up for this." Yeah, like wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was uh, I was in army medic school, and we were in the field, and uh, they pulled up a bunch of va- somebody was like, "Hey, anybody from New York?" And a couple of kids raised their hands or whatever. And like, yeah, some uh, plane like hit a building. And the way the drill sergeant said it, it was like yep. like a Cessna yep. or something. Yeah, you exactly know what, I mean? what I thought. Yeah. You know. And then some other, you know, however long it was after that, uh, some other drill sergeant came in. He's like, yeah, another plane hit the building. So it was really weird. And everybody's like, God, God, that is weird. And then somebody pulled up a van and turned on the radio and like, yeah, we're getting attacked by terrorists. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was like, holy fuck. You know, I, we uh, get to, oh, sorry, we, we get to the, we get out of the field and we get back to the like command area. And the drill sergeant's jumping around going, you're all going to war! And people are crying. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I was like, man, I didn't sign up for this at all. But it's funny you say that that it inspired you yeah. to, to join. Because I it kind of... Because it did not me. It did not me at all. <laughs> How many days after? So I think... So, well, well, let me... I'll get to that. Let me... So I was at, at Wright College in class. And the same thing. Somebody said a train, a train, plane hit the World Trade Center. Thinking of the Cessna, exact same story. Somebody walks in a second one. I'm like, what are the odds of that? That's weird. Didn't never stop thinking about it. Never thought twice about it. Finish my class. I'm walking through the cafeteria, and there's hundreds of people in the cafeteria. Right college. It's right college. There isn't a hundred people there. You know, it, this is weird. Get on the bus. I wasn't allowed to drive yet because I kept getting in trouble. Go Breath, all the way home. I sit down and turn on that TV, and I'm like, call my mom. I'm like, hey, there's a building on fire in New York City. She's like, yeah, I'm really busy right now. <laughs> Got <laughs> they, a couple things going on, pal. They put her by the water filtration plant. A sergeant on the police department said, okay, like, what am I going to do if a plane starts flying into the water filtration right, right. plant? And I'm like, oh, my God, the building's falling. She's like, yeah, that happened like three hours ago. Like, I'm completely oblivious to the whole thing. So that night, uh, like, well, my mom came home. We had, uh, we talked about everything. And that was actually kind of a important part because that's really the day... You want to move on to something else? Yeah. Yeah. I'll come, come back to yeah. it. Yeah, we'll come back to that. Yeah. It, like, it's just funny, like, back back things. I think we're all about the same age. I, me and I were just talking about, like, when um, earlier about how, um, like, we, I was in some fancy CPS school when uh, when the planes hit, and we actually had televisions, like, in the hallways oh, or they, whatever. They brought them in for you? Yeah. or they were No, they actually, oh. they were, like, mounted. Oh, wow. It was a real... I I didn't do very well but uh, um, I was going to this school and uh, yeah they put it on the TV and like yeah we were like I had a buddy who who went in probably the same you know probably in the same group as you for the Marines and um, yeah like it was just crazy us being that age when that happened and just like the inspiration all of a sudden that came out of it is like holy fuck like oh, yeah. you know guys that you right. didn't even like we were playing fucking basketball you know 10 minutes earlier and then all of a sudden like this hits and you're like holy shit like i didn't even know he gave a shit about anything and like he's like yep i'm i'm going i'm gonna sign up you know tonight and yeah. it's, it was just bananas um, now dan was how old were you he was already in, he was already in like 20 years, years. yeah and really? and you, then you went yeah. back because of it I, right so I you actually, were also inspired unlike me yeah. it was a piece of crap yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i actually have a good 
Waz's mom story. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. From before this. Oh, I thought it was going to take a while before this. <laughs> no, story. I know exactly where this is going. This, this, is, is, the, this is the third surprise. For me. <laughs> so, <laughs> By the way, I'm your father. <laughs> no, no. You owe me a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. I was in, uh, I joined the Army in 1985. And I got out of the Army, the first enlistment, in 1996. And I worked on, on bars on Division Street. And I was on... Uh, this is real, real small world stuff right now. This I worked real. at... I was a, first a bouncer and then a manager at Mother's. And uh, little D <laughs> was the... She was the, the OIC of, of Division Street, especially on the weekends when it, where they block off the, uh, the street and they have everything run open. And it was... Yeah. Was, Bob? Yeah. Oh, okay. She's yeah. a sergeant in 18th district. No so shit. she had Cabrini Green and like the Gold Coast yeah. bars area. Jesus so. Christ. So every once in a while we get a little too rambunctious <laughs> ejecting somebody up the 19 steps of mothers and then right. his his mother would come on and one time she grabbed me by the ear. What are you doing? What are you? <laughs> and she's she's this tall. <laughs> What do you think you're doing? And and really straighten me out. On, on <laughs> she was something. Jesus Christ! Nine years you already put in. I was in. I, I joined in 1985 and what's called a split option contract. So I went to basic training in between uh, my junior and senior year of high school, and then I graduated high school and I went to base to AIT, Airborne School, Ranger School, and I was in for ten years. Before, nine, before any of this happened. So I got out of the Army. I was going to college at Roosevelt University. Yeah. And I managed my way through college, basically working in bars. I did construction. I did retail. I did every job you could imagine. You know about that. Yeah. yeah. And so 9-11 happened. I had a girlfriend and a wife on the side. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, listen, it is guys, what it is. Listen, guys, <laughs> if you could see Dan Trader... <laughs> I mean, God damn. I, I'd be the girlfriend <laughs> on the side for sure. <laughs> so, it's surprising he only had one girlfriend. <laughs> they might listen to this. So, <laughs> so I... Nobody I, listens to this. I, <laughs> I saw it as an escape route. I, I did the same thing. I was working at a demolition rec, recce company, uh, Midwest Recce. Yeah. And I remember going into work that day, and I was listening to something, and, and fucking liberals are off. Can I swear? Yeah. Um, okay. No. Everything's all fucked up. And the guy that owned the company, the, his son, he goes, yeah, what we need now is a good war. Swear oh, to God. 9-11-2001, he goes, what we need now is a good war. Wow. And then wow. the the first plane goes in, same thing, Cessna, small plane, that's yeah. The second plane goes in, I I knew. I knew. Right yeah. right then. So all work shut down. I, I went home early. Um uh, I went back to wife's house for whatever reason. I went back to wife's house. <laughs> my, for whatever dumb reason, I went back to my wife's house. Kiss my, kiss my daughter, mm-hmm. my now 23-year-old lieutenant in the Army daughter, and uh, said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give myself a year just to get the Stoop. heck away from here oh, and yeah. figure this out. Yeah. So I, it, that was on a Tuesday, and I was back in by Saturday. Oh, wow. <laughs> you were fast-tracking yourself. I, I had I had, I had been uh, in E seven. I was a sergeant first class, and I had a. I don't know how much we want to get into this. This isn't the Dan story, but oh, yeah, we got we got. Nothing I'm but interested. Time. Yeah. <laughs> we got nothing but time. I had a bar. T- I had a. St- I was really good. My two hundred one file was great. Mm. I was a PT stud. 
I'd been to ranger school, airborne school. I had a lot of jumps. I was everything looked really good. They lift up to the back page. I had a negligent just discharge in the second ranger battalion, which, which means I had had accidentally fired a weapon, uh-huh. <laughs> and I had a barter enlistment. And I knew I knew that this would be able my path back in. I, I wasn't going to get promoted, so I went back in, and it's it's like that chance to go back to high school, knowing yeah. what you know now. <laughs> right. So yeah. I went, right. I wound up going to selection and and got selected, and that was it was a perfect outcome for me. You have no idea how happy it makes me. To hear that you had a negligent discharge. Because <laughs> that'll come up later on in a few hours, probably, because I got a good story to go off that one. <laughs> but I want to I want to go back to what I, where I got a little yeah, yeah. choked up because yeah. it is important and has a significant part. Uh, and it's going to happen a lot here because the older I get, the softer I get. So it's just kind of the way it is. Um, no, that was a significant uh, time because I was, I was a little punk growing yeah. up, you know. And that was when me and my mom kind of changed from like the authority figure to the friend. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a significant moment. Um, <clears throat> but even having that, like we had our moment. We talked. We we talked through some stuff. And uh, I went over to my friend's house, <laughs> yeah. and we just got com- completely drunk in his garage. Yeah. My buddy Mike, still one of my best friends, he's assigned to Engine One Thirteen now. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah he, uh, we just that's what we used to do. It was. It started like Thursday nights, and then it ended up being just like go to the garage. It didn't matter what night it was. Yeah, and I mean, uh, sometimes there'd be N sixty four in the background. Sometimes right. there'd be girls in the background. Sometimes it was, it was, it was usually the the wildest one. It was just like a couple people. We would have twenty people in the garage, and it would be kind of calm. It could just get out oh, of sure. yeah. Was, <laughs> but uh, when we were talking about it, and we actually got we would argue back and forth about him him not joining, me joining. Are we going to do this? And uh, that's kind of the night I just kind of decided, well. I thought about doing it my whole life. I was like, now yeah. it's a, uh, no better time to do it than now. Right. You know? I was mad. Sorry. I was mad that it happened. I wanted revenge. So I'm like, fuck it. Yeah. So, so I went, how to go down. What's that? How to go down then. So I, <laughs> that's oh, a good, good story too. So I, I waited like a day. I was kind of stewing on it and everything. I already, already called the recruiter. I, I'll never forget this. I wish my mom was here to tell the story because she'll tell it better. Uh, a long time ago, my mom worked in D.C. for about a little over a year. Uh, she was an investigator for the Clinton impeachment hearings. Okay. And uh, she was talking to one of the other investigators that she worked with, and he made a joke because I was a kid at the time. She go, he goes, does Brian ask Brian if he wants to join the Marines now? Uh-huh. Now that all this is going on, she so she's on the phone. She turns and looks at me. She goes, Hey, Jeff wants to know if you want to still want to join the Marines. I was like, Actually, I want to talk to you about that when you get off the phone. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> No rush. Uh, <laughs> this poor woman turned white. I'll call you back. <laughs> uh, three days later, we were in the office signing the contract. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I have in my notes here, by the um, November 26th. That was the day I actually left. They wouldn't let me go before that. I had to wait well, about a month or two. Like just paperwork and administrative shit? I'm or? sure it was just so they got their quota for the month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, they wanted to put you in. They already the had two for that month yeah. or whatever they say they're supposed to get. Who knows? So you actually get there November 26th. You go to San Diego, right? You go to Mar- the Marine uh, Corps yeah. Recruitment Depot. Yeah, Marine right? Corps Recruit Depot. MCR. And you're in San Diego. And, I mean, boot camp, smooth, everything. Yeah. Pretty, was- pretty, pretty smooth there. You go to School of Infantry. You go to Camp Lejeune. Now they ship you back to the, the East Coast. 
and you go to school infantry there? Is that the yeah, is so that the right timeline? Boot camp for three months. Then they give you like a week of leave, for ten days, I think it was. And then you go back. I go back to the West Coast for a school of infantry for three months. And then you get your assignment. And I got assigned to the East Coast. Okay. So. And so your school of infantry is like your AIT, right, Danny? Like you finish boot camp and you go to like your advanced infantry training. That's like your school of infantry where you learn like basic infantry stuff, right? This hurts to say, but <laughs> I say it. Say it. Say his name. <laughs> it's probably a lot more challenging. The Marine Corps, from everything I've heard, is yeah. a lot more challenging it than... Is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, there's two versions. Danny, we'll, we'll edit that out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. There's two, there's two versions. Uh, if you're going into, well, at least at the time, I believe this has actually changed recently. Um, if you're going into the infantry... You go to school of infantry. If you're going to any any other job in the Marine Corps, you went to um, I think it was called MCT Marine Combat Training. Um, that way, because they hold every Marine's a rifleman, they still do some uh, infantry training. Then they go to their specific school, whether it's aircraft mechanic, any anything. Okay. Um, only you only go to school of infantry if you're actually infantry. The old three hundred. Dan, you you joined to be infantry too mm-hmm. the first time. Yep. Okay, got it. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, infantry? Uh, Yes, for the most part. I did consider doing uh, firefighter aircraft rescue. Right. Because I wanted to be a fireman. What was your ASVAB? I could do anything but fly a plane. Really? Yeah. Shocking, right? And you still went That's why they were like, they actually like, you shouldn't do infantry. I'm like, it were, basically, I walked in thinking maybe firefighter aircraft rescue, and I walked out active duty infantry. I'm like, well, what? Okay, <laughs> this is happening. You're going to see, the further we go on with this, I have a long history of not making decisions, things just happening. <laughs> well, I mean, Fredo was already in. Dan was coming back in. Yeah. yeah I, I, was going, was... I was going in, like, like I said, I was upset. Yeah. I was pissed that it happened. I, I wanted to go kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, people, my family, my kids that are going to listen to this. I mean, that's the whole reason I'm doing this is for my kids. Yeah. They might not want to hear some of these things, but this is this was the time. Yeah, absolutely. That's what old. I want to do. I was mad. Right. Well, I mean, I wanted payback. Right there, you're you're not like in elite company. There was thousands oh, of I know. people. Like so, like the feelings that you were having. You know, that's and not... I'm trust me. Later, I'm going to be talking about guys that are a lot better at it than I was. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that was just the significance of the moment. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so that's why I was okay with the infantry at the time. We all felt like we were going to war, right? Uh, at, I mean, even Afghanistan wasn't really kicking off yet at that point, um, but we knew it, something was going to happen. Yeah. So there was a a very uh, positive mindset in the, throughout the Marine Corps at the time. So it was just a very good time to be joining. Very aggressive. aggressive I gotta time. imagine. Yeah, I gotta imagine oh, the guys yeah. were just like, you know, especially during that peacetime, like people, people guys were, fo- were just ready to work. People were very, very focused at the time. I mean, you still had your nonsense. Don't get me wrong. Sure. You no, know, the Marine Corps is supposed to suck. It is, and then you get out and you're like, "Fuck yeah, I was a Marine. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's designed." It's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They well, drive you crazy, and then they take the leash off, and then they whoa, 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 too far, <laughs> too far, <laughs> too far. Yeah, no second bottle, Jameson. <laughs> well, you didn't. Uh, you didn't really go down that path of go in, graduate, and then, you know, you, so it took to 2003 before you did your first deployment. Is that right? 
Yeah, so it's from the time you left like boot camp, it, like a year and a half or something like that, before yeah. you actually now. How did how did you wind up getting deployed? Did they just send you were with what unit at that time, and then they said you guys are going overseas? So I got after school of infantry. I was sent to first battalion, second marines. Got assigned to Charlie Company. Uh, the first thing we were signed up for was to a MU, a Marine Expeditionary Unit. It's a scheduled six month deployment. Uh, you do some training stops, some liberty stops where you can have fun. It all depends on what's going on. It's all designed so you're like a ready reserve kind of thing. Anywhere around the world, the Marines can respond faster. We were signed up for that, started the workup. Uh, at the time, I, I, growing up, I, I always thought it was cool that I wanted to be a scout sniper for the Marine Corps. I grew up saying I wanted to be a, uh, I want to go to Force Recon, become a scout sniper, and go to Iraq. That's what I said, because of the Gulf War and everything. I didn't understand the significance of what was about to happen. but uh, It seemed cool at the time, yeah. right? It was also a pretty cool title. <laughs> the, uh, so I befriended some guys. The, the state platoon, the scout sniper platoon, came and talked to us when we first got to the unit, and I, couldn't, I thought I couldn't sign up because I shot, I think it was sharpshooter or boot camp. I had never shot a gun before the Marine Corps. Really? Yeah, never. Uh, so this is all completely new to me. And I mean, they kind of tone it down because it's an important part of boot camp, actually teaching you to shoot. Uh, so I never signed up. Afterwards, I realized one of my my good friends, uh, I'm not gonna, certain names I'm not going to say because they're still active, uh, but he uh, he joined up and he actually shot marksman. That's a step underneath. And I was like, well, how did he do? He goes, I explained to him I'm a really good shot. It was boot camp. I screwed up. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I befriended some of them. I started studying like crazy. I went to the talked to the chief scout sniper. I said I'd like to interview. So they had an interview. I did the interview, and actually, during the interview, I know this is kind of a side story. I'll bring it home in a second. <laughs> Bear with me, because uh, it's because this is funny. One of the questions they asked me is, "If you could be an animal, what would it be and why?" Now I'm trying to fire off these answers. Like I don't, I can't I, I don't want to. I can't wait for up. this answer. And I, I got three guys. I got the platoon sergeant. The chief scout sniper and the platoon commander, the officer, are sitting there, all the pad of paper taking notes. And I go, so if you could be an animal, what would you be and why? I said, a dolphin. Just like that, <laughs> right away. And I was like, oh, God. I'm like, please tell me I didn't just Do say lock that. Eyes. <laughs> For sure, lock eyes. No, they were looking down. But not only that, but an angry dolphin. So they're looking down. <laughs> Is there a unicorn dolphin? They're That's right on their I pads looking down. They all, all three of them go like this. <laughs> they lift up their head and look at me. And I'm like, oh, this is it. And then it hit me. I just... I used to like dolphins when I was a kid. I don't know. I, just, I, I, I panicked. I panicked. I said, I said, well, because they can kill a shark and they're the only other animals that have sex for fun. And all three of them nodded their head like, that was a good answer. That was a good answer. I mean, can't fault the logic. That's for sure. Well, it worked. It worked because they, they accepted me. So for all you kids listening out there. When you're being interviewed at sniper school, hey, like I <laughs> or said, any other interview, you might not like any <laughs> yeah. of my answers or my stories here, but this is this is what happened. Uh, um, golden, so, golden, Brian. So it worked. They accepted me, but the problem was, the my platoon, my company wouldn't release me from the manpower. Mm. So it was a big, big to do. Well, then everything changed. Everything shifted. It went from the Mew. Now we're going to Iraq. We're an Iraq platoon. An Iraq battalion. So it, it wasn't going to happen. They flat out said, we'll, we'll revisit this when we come back. 
I didn't have a choice. I'm like, okay, so we'll re- revisit it. What What did I do? You remember what did Iraq look like at that time? Wait, we're not we're not there. We're oh. we're, we're gonna get there. Okay, we're, we're about we're there. almost there. Yeah, we're right. almost there. Sure. Yeah. No. The uh, premature. So, it, Story we uh, definitely like known for that <laughs> <laughs> in all of Chicago. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're the guy. So they won't accept Sorry. you. They uh, they won't take you because you're you're their uh, second battalion won't. won't they won't release, release me. Yeah. So they started the Iraq workup. Started doing the training. So how long was how long was your workup before you? deployed i'd be guessing um at the time, did you do your work up in north carolina yeah okay we started doing the work up for the mule and it just shifted to an iraq platoon it was typical regular infantry workup it wasn't anything yeah at the time no, it wasn't no, anything geared towards iraq because no nobody special knew what training, it was just your run-of-the-mill small workup. company maneuvers yeah. contact left contact right that kind of stuff it wasn't anything special yet because nothing had been established for that theater yet right. we haven't been there yet <laughs> um and then now, now we're there. Okay, we so the, we went to Kuwait. Then they say, "All right, you're out, you're getting out of plane. You're we being deployed." We first time we went by boat. Oh, you you took a boat over there? Yeah, no shit. The Navy. Yep. Wow. USS Ponce. Okay. Uh, so we floated over there, and about a month. So we did some training on the boat, a lot of classroom stuff like tank ID, aircraft enemy aircraft ID, enemy uh, tank ID. Friendly aircraft ID, which is going to be significant in a few minutes. <laughs> no point. And so th- is is this? Are we now at March two thousand three? Not yet. Not Probably yet. in what's before March. Okay. January, February. What? Well, well, real quick. Did uh, when you were stateside and you would do like training in the field and whatnot as a marine, was it always like jungle and forest based? Yes. Yeah. Let's do. Yeah, so stupid, right? It didn't. It probably didn't switch for a good solid three yeah, years. Right. Till close to when I was getting out. Yeah. Yeah. But so, if so, not neither of you guys did like urban combat training. You guys were all doing jungle. Warfare. Maybe a week of it. Like it wasn't anything significant. Any time we went to the field, because I was in Louisiana. Um. So, you know, it's all jungle sticks. You know, what I'm saying forest out there, swamps and bullshit. So everything was related to that. But then I'm like. All of this shit is useless in the <laughs> desert. <you know? laughs> Even the uniform I was wearing. I'm it like, wasn't until I you know? went over, and it'll be later down in the story, when I went over to the, uh, the second forest recon where we were way, way yeah. more specific with our yeah. training. To like theater based, like even area of operation yeah. based. Yeah. We didn't even know how to clear a room. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No. And, and we were probably doing that once a week, I'm sure, you and you. We didn't start doing that until we were in Kuwait. Yes, And that was exactly. only because I probably had one of the world's best platoon commanders. Right, platoon right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and Alfredo, you were, you were the medic? Yeah, I was a medic. Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't like, you know, in a, in a stack of guys. I was number nine or whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was never like in there, right. you know, like these two guys were. So just to set the tone, okay. Vince has got his loop shirt on. Um, <laughs> Brian's got his Irish mobster hat on, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 Dan and Al Dan just, looks like he's going to beat yeah, her ass at any yeah, moment. <laughs> Dan and Al just just threw a gagger in right before going. Like, well, you like, just fucking they just, they just, threw, like, just picked out just picked out the fucking the tin and just fucking started slapping on the thing and just threw a gagger. Like, I mean, this is. This is what we got. Well, that, that's that, that's really a first here. Like we haven't been doing a podcast where somebody no, like, that's ha- with the, with the gives you the tin is like, huh? Yeah. 
Yeah. You were never a smoker, right, Dan? Just the cigars. Yeah. I was gonna say. Did you did you smoke? Oh yeah. Yeah, me too. Did you? Yeah, yeah. There was a time. I didn't know that about you. Really? Yeah, dude, I would smoke Newports with the bros. You know. No, we would play spades and we would play for Newports because that shit was a premium. Premium. There was there was a time where I'd have a dip in and smoking a cigarette. I'd probably over two packs a day in 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 theater, right. not at home. This right. was in Iraq. Right when you said that we were gonna get sidetracked a lot, you were not kidding. You were not. Kidding. We haven't even gotten into the good stuff yet. No, we haven't. We we're at the top of my notes still. I saw the first paragraph. Christ. Well, there's certain things I definitely want to get to. So well, it might not be in your notes. I think we'll hey, do all right. If you want to get to them. Right here, Brian. <laughs> right here. Uh, so let's let's jump ahead. Let's get right into it. Uh, March 03, right? Um, you go to Nazaria? So I got to tell... How do, how do you get to Nazaria? Yeah, to tell us yeah. significant part before that. Okay. Um, it was beginning of the war, a uh, day or two into it. I don't even know at the time. Uh, everyone's paranoid about gas. Gas, gas, gas. Mop suits, gas masks. Torture. Did you do the whole lead up in Kuwait, where you sat yes, around was, there forever? Okay, I, that's that's yes. it. This is, this is I'd a be guessing part. if I yeah. told you how long. Uh, yeah, I mean I for, forever, say forever, possibly three months. I don't. Yeah. When, I, when did you make the push into Iraq? At the at the beginning of the war, which was what month? I think it was in March nineteenth, twentieth. Okay, yeah. So I was like right back. Whatever the you. initial line of departure was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys took Baghdad and all that. You know. Oh, not we never we. <laughs> We stopped right, right. right after. Well, well, I mean, you, you went from Kuwait to, to Iraq <laughs> yes. and then did your thing. Yeah. And we were like a month behind you guys, okay. which is funny because we were probably at the same at sure. camp. I'm yeah. sure we were. Dude, that's crazy, yeah. man. I never even knew that. <laughs> Small world stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. for real. <laughs> so they spent a significant amount of time in, what was, what was that movie? The Jarhead? Similar to that. Where they were just sitting in tents in the middle of the desert for... How long? I don't mean, I want to over-exaggerate. Two months? It, three months? Oh, you think Three Kings? All, there's a bunch of movies like that. I where honestly wouldn't say it could have been up to three months. Yeah, right? where they just sat there and right. sweltered and did bullshit drills. And I've heard this same story from everybody that did it. They, yeah. That was that they just sat there and stewed. So by the time they let them off the, the chain, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. madness. The only, the only thing we had with us, and it was because, strictly because of my platoon commander and platoon sergeant, my platoon commander was a prior enlisted uh, force recon staff sergeant, very well decorated from the first Gulf War. Like everyone knew this guy was legit, but he was a second lieutenant, nobody. You know, it was right. funny. Like oh, that's Lieutenant Seely. Like everybody, you did what he said. We got everything done because of him. And I always thought this was this is probably the reason why I've been so passionate about training throughout the rest of my career stemmed from him because we were one of the only platoons, if not the only platoon, that was actually doing patrols outside of the base in Kuwait. Those little things are important because you're just doing contact left, contact right, you know, staggered maneuvers through a base. You get sick of it. You start fucking around, you know, throwing a rock at the next guy, you know. As soon as you go out of that base, it's a real patrol. Yeah, you're in Kuwait, but you don't know. You don't know. You, you, there is a level of uh, seriousness that changes, and it gets your mind right. So the, the little things like that is he's, he's the main reason why our, my grunt platoon was so successful. But yeah, so, so you, we were, I mean, you were lucky to have good leadership oh, from the get go, huh? Good leadership from the and, and it was because company this level, guy had company level down. This guy had battlefield experience. Yeah. 
He was already awarded, I believe it was a bronze star and a purple heart from the first Gulf War. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you you luck out, you get some good leaders in front of you, and you guys do your work up, you guys, you know, sit around, and now Nazaria happens, and you guys roll in their heart. Because the Battle of Nazaria took like a week of just hard fighting. That was like right. one of the significant battles of Iraq was Nazaria. And your platoon was first and foremost in that battle. It right? worked out that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's history now, Bri. Yeah. You know? No, I, I, I honored to be a part of it. Um, right. When was this? Just for context for everybody that doesn't know. The, the day is uh, March 23rd, 2003. Okay. Yeah. But it started on the 22nd. Yeah. Um, it, it went to April 2nd officially. Um, the, oh, did it? Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the, what's, what's actually considered the battle. <laughs> it been a week? It's been five years. Yeah, I know. Every day is the same. Man. Yeah, right. yeah. I, don't, I don't doubt that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, I mean, it, it, it was one of the more significant battles during that whole conflict was Nazaria. Well, the significance of it because it uh, paved the way to Baghdad. Right. You guys, two, you guys were making the push to Baghdad, and Nazaria was in the way. The initial... Our initial mission, and we didn't know this until the night before we were stepping off, which we knew was funny because we got back to our tent from one of those patrols, and all the cots were out, and all it was three giant pallets full of ammo. We're like, oh, I think we're doing something. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is starting. Yeah. You see cruise missiles flying over, like, hmm. How excited right. were you, though? Oh, you? God. It was like Christmas, right? It's a bunch of 18, 19-year-old kids that just want to go over there and kill right. the enemy. Here's some ammo. Yeah. Go do what Guys, you been wanting to do like for guys, <laughs> this is about to happen like <laughs> couldn't even i couldn't sleep all night guys <laughs> santa's coming in the morning uh so we we cross the line of departure into iraq uh and then once we're there we're there for about a day just traveling are you guys are you guys like are you guys in platoon strength now or like division strength like how are you moving probably regiment regiment okay. huge huge i mean yeah vehicles as far as you can see them we were towards the front at the time because our, mi- our mission all along was the North and South Bridge in Nazaria. Our mission was not Baghdad. My, my battalion, our mission was not Baghdad. Our what were you in? First battalion, second. No, no, race. what vehicle? Uh, AAV and Amtrak. Amtrak, okay. Yeah, the track vehicles yep. that can float. So, supposed to float. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, there's, unfortunately, there's a recent incident. <laughs> um, the, uh, so day one, day two-ish, time to time, Forgive me about the time. It's kind of hard to remember. That's part of the reason why I'm doing this. Um, we got word. We were dug in in defensive positions for the night, and we got word that the Army had just got ambushed, and there is people missing and people captured. Uh, in front of you? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, a convoy got lost. Okay. Uh, went straight when they were You know who this is, right? No. What, the, what convoy they're talking about? Uh-uh. Uh, the, I believe it's 507th, 506th, 507th, uh, uh, Jessica Lynch, and I believe oh, there was okay. the yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, we didn't know at the time the right, significance right, right. of it, uh, so we were, like, full go. Like, pick up your shit and go. The bad part, bad part of the timing was the tanks had just left to refuel, so we had no tank support. Okay. This is where stuff started to go bad. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Excuse me. Um so we started pushing for Nazaria. We knew we were going there soon. We knew we were ready to take the objective, but we had to go a little early. So Alpha Company's mission was to take the South Bridge. I, I don't. One of them is the Saddam Canal. One of them is the Euphrates River. I don't remember which is which. Um, 
Bravo Company is supposed to skirt around the city to the right, not to go through it, and take the North Bridge. Charlie Company, my company, is supposed to go through the North South Bridge, go around, go through the, the secured North Bridge, and then push forward and secure the area, so allowing that road to stay open for the push to Baghdad because it was that lightning push. They were trying to go fast. They weren't clearing everything. They were just flying. What happened was we uh, <laughs> were crammed in this Amtrak vehicle, and I happened to be in, like, the back right corner, as far in and as far back as you can get, right by all the radios. I'm bored. You've got, like, 18 guys trapped in this vehicle the size of this table, you know, th literally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, it's uh, a really small shake. Oh, it's just yeah. context. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of guys, small area. A lot of guys, small, yeah. Uh, and so I got the radio, so I'm just listening. All of a sudden, I start hearing T-55 in the open, T-55 engaging, target destroyed. I'm like, what the fuck? T-55, that's a... Throughout the class, we took that was an enemy ID. That was an enemy uh, Iraqi tank. T-55, what the fuck? They're getting tanks? Like, I don't feel anything. I don't hear anything. Like, this, yeah. like uh, guys? Like, what? Like, I think they're engaging tanks in front of us. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> they don't have tanks. <laughs> All right. Well, what happened was our cap platoon, the uh, vehicles with the big guns on them, went out ahead over, like, a, a hill or something. Mm -hmm. And when they got up there, they had all these vehicles staged, all these tanks staged, but all the guys were dismounted. Nobody was in the vehicles. So they started just taking out all the vehicles. Oh, fuck. My Jesus. We toes? Christ, I couldn't even imagine. Toes, dragons? Toes. Uh, no dragons. I no believe dragons? it was toes, uh, 50 cal, and uh, javelins. And uh, dragon, you dated yourself. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you old fuck. <laughs> Don't hit me. Yeah. <laughs> But it was like it wasn't real yet. Nothing was happening. Like, like nobody believed the, the me. The tanks haven't re-engaged with you guys. They're trying we have to no take tanks. out his. These are these are Humvees guys, taking out tanks at this right. point. Right. They're trying to take out as many of these tanks before these guys yeah. get mounted. And we're flying. We're coming. And uh, like, uh, all right. So we just kind of everyone brushed me off. I'm like, maybe it's not real. I don't know. I I don't hear anything. So we're going. All of a sudden, Alpha Company takes starts taking the South Bridge, and they hit contact. I don't. I don't know any of this at the time. This is all stuff I learned after the fact. Mm. Bravo Company goes through the North Bridge, goes right, and then all the fields to the side, to the left, of the, to the right of the city were all flooded. All the vehicles sink. They're all stuck in the mud. We don't, they can't get around. Holy shit. So this is where Charlie Company, my company, decided. I always say it was called Ambush Alley. I, always, I never really found out if it was called Ambush Alley before <laughs> or after. If it was before, I'd like to raise I have a few right. questions about right. why we went down right. that street. But still not totally surprised. Right. By. Uh, so we go uh, past the South Bridge into the city, down Ambush Alley, and all hell breaks loose. It was, I would think, I, I, I say 16 maybe guys fitting in an AAV. I'm trying to think, yeah, I'm trying to think of like right. an accurate number. Yeah. So we, let's say we have 16 guys, and then there's probably about at least five or six sitting on top of the vehicle with all their, like, we usually put the saws, like the machine guns and stuff up there. Mm. And all of a sudden we cross over, and we hear guys yelling, and they just start lighting stuff up, left and right. We call it the world's biggest drive-by. We're just flying down Ambush Alley, lighting up left and right. Everyone's getting shot at. And uh, 
we're passing up ammo cans. Like, oh yeah, get some. I'm typical Marine Corps. Yeah. Yo, get some. I'm like not understanding the significance of the moment we're actually right. in. Right. <laughs> and uh, I remember my buddy Tom Cork uh, was up there and he's firing. I pass him up an ammo can. He's like, they're fucking everywhere. It was like so cheesy out of the moment. I'm like, well, fucking shoot them. I'm fucking here. Listen to a radio. And uh, we're yelling, like, oh, this is great. Finally, yeah, get some. <laughs> boom. Like, Everything goes quiet. <laughs> oh, uh, the whole vehicle uh, was like a big flash, and the uh, vehicle filled up with smoke, and everyone starts yelling, gas, gas, gas. <laughs> 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 because we've been training on gas and we've seen stuff. So now I'm like passing up ammo cans and trying to pull on a gas mask. Well, what the fuck is happening? Now, were you in mop at this time? No, no, okay. thank God. Uh, what happened was we got hit with an RPG. Uh, at the back of the vehicle. No, it, thank God we only got hit by an RPG. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't have to put that shit on because we got, thank God we got hit by an RPG. Oh, that would have sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that mob gear was at the bottom of my fucking rucksack. Oh. I, once we were do, done doing training in Kuwait, I put that shit away. Oh, we had a couple gas, 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 like on the initial push, we were just straight driving, and there's actually a picture of my team that are running around completely naked with a gas mask on. Because <laughs> <laughs> guys already got so fed up with putting it on. Yeah. Like, they could gas us and we're not yeah. putting it on. Like, yeah, exactly. So, uh, they hit the, uh, got, a vehicle got hit with an RPG, and uh, it set off, uh, we think, definitely one, maybe two of our shoulder-fired rockets inside the vehicle. So three or four guys got wounded at the back of the vehicle. I'm towards the inside front, so I, I didn't get hit yet. Um, so now the outside of the vehicle is on fire. Guys up on top are still firing at all the targets on the left and the right. Is the vehicle drivable at this point? It is. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> they, just, they just hit you in the sweet spot in the back there. It just got through, yeah. I don't know, I don't know how low or where I couldn't. Yeah. Guess, because the vehicle, But you're still mobile at this point. Yes. Okay. So we're flying through. We made it all the way through Ambush Alley, and we get to the end. And then uh, I remember a platoon commander opening the, the back hatch to the AV. He's like, get the fuck out. <laughs> like, Great idea. <laughs> so we go running out. and uh, You remember the whole thing, huh? I do. Uh, I'm trying very carefully because I've told this story to a few people before, and I leave out. I'll leave out something and somebody that's heard of it like what about this but, oh, yeah. oh yeah i'm really trying to remember this stuff right. yeah. that's one of the main reasons why i'm here today by a fucking rocket in the, um, in so we dismounted the vehicle and uh there's like a irrigation the main road and there's like an irrigation ditch on either side so we get in and we're in like fucking filth and water and stuff and uh i remember i had a camelback with a hose with the water my platoon commander gets right next to me he goes give me some water and i'm like getting ready to shoot somebody. I don't know where they're coming from. And I just hand it to him and he looks at me and I look and there's a big like ball of mud on the front of it. I was like, <laughs> I put it in my mouth, clean it off and give it to him. He's like, thank you. <laughs> you know? Thank you. So as we're there, now we start taking uh, mortars and artillery. And this is where studying for the uh, sniper platoon, even though I didn't go to it, it helped me because I could, under I could understand what was happening. What was, yeah. And before I ever did, my platoon commander already made the adjustments. Um, they, we would take incoming, like, making up numbers here, 200 yards to the left, whatever. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, we would take incoming 200 yards to the right. Which is bad. It's very bad. Because now you're bracketed. <laughs> so you know you're, <laughs> you already know where I'm going with this. So the next adjustment's going to be spot on. Yeah. 
So we would be like, shift right. So we would shift right. And then the land, rounds would land. Where you were. And then they'd go to the other side of us again. It was like a fucking chess match. And it got to the point where uh, I'm, as we're shifting, I'm, I'm at the far left. My platoon commander is right next to me. And we started to shift right. So my job is to peel off. It's like moving, and I come around, and I move, go all the way to the other end. Sure. So I'm at the far right. This is great. My platoon commander's on the far left, and I'm like, fuck this. My fucking vehicle just got blown up. Uh, people, everyone's, I haven't shot anything yet. I don't see anything. I mean, there's guys running <laughs> three, 4,000 yards away. You can see guys away. Like, you're oh, talking really fields away. Was that good. Fields yeah. away. Yeah, it's wide open once you get past the city. Holy shit, yeah. And I'm like, fuck this. It was go time. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I lift up my rifle and I send one round down range. <laughs> all of a sudden, all the way to left, who's firing? What are you firing at? And in the Marine Corps, you repeat it. So all the way down, who's firing? What the, who the fuck's firing? Why are you firing? Who the fuck? It's going down. It gets to me and I'm the last guy on the right. And I'm like, who's firing? What are you firing at? <laughs> I never admitted to. <laughs> you got to say it angry, though, by the time it gets to you. Who the fuck was firing at? <laughs> so, so, so just for... I'm sorry, keep going. No. Um, so after the maneuvering, um, this is when uh, we had a, what we found out, I'm trying to figure out what's the proper way to explain this story. What ended up happening was the battalion commander didn't know that Charlie Company was north of the North Bridge, uh, or the South Bridge, North Bridge. Um, they thought we were bogged down with Bravo Company in the mud. So they cleared hot anybody, any targets north of the North Bridge. So uh, Air Force A-10, excuse me, sorry. Um, Air Force A-10 came flying in. And remember, we remember seeing it. Like, we'd studied this. Like, I could, I'm a nobody. I'm a Lance Corporal grunt. And I could tell that's an A-10. They're coming in. And my platoon commander already knew. He was from the first Gulf War, and they had plenty of incidents in the first Gulf War. He knew what was about to happen. And he yelled incoming before it ever even hit. And they started running on us. Because you guys are in a, an area that is presumed by aircraft to be hostile. Correct. Right? Yes. So you're, you're on the verge of being taken by friendly fire. Yes. Okay. It was north of the city, which is now wide open, back into the desert. Because nobody knew that you guys had, were able to push beyond that muddy Correct. area. Okay. The battalion commander didn't realize that. Charlie Company was north of the bridge. Okay. Um, so they started doing gun runs on us, and a lot of them. So it got to the point where we had to, we had to leave. So as we were uh, trying to get back into the vehicles, they did another gun run, and that's, that's when I was wounded the first time. That's when I got shrapnel in the right ass cheek. That's the picture. <laughs> That's the picture that you want to share. <laughs> Shut my ass. I've heard every joke in the world. I mean, you can try, but <laughs> um, we get back in the, we still managed to get in the vehicle. Uh, now we already have multiple wounded, multiple, multiple killed. Um, is, well, this, is this all from friendly fire at this point? At this point, yes. Okay. Um, now there's two vehicles loaded up with both wounded and uh, uh, Marines. How did you guys get out of that blue-on-blue blue situation? Yeah. How do you we're not out. Yeah, we're, we're working on that okay. right now. They, uh, so, <laughs> okay, this sounds like a really bad decision when you, when you say it again, like, after the fact. 
we got back in the vehicles and we drove south back through Ambush Alley. <laughs> <laughs> this is the better option. Well, it's uh, as we're going, there's two vehicles. Uh, they're still the the A10 still running on us, uh, and I can't even I can't even describe it. You hear it's there, you hear like a machine gun. It's like like a da 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 da. da. It's, there's so many rounds, all you hear is a like it's a humming. Yeah. And it like, it, you can feel it in your bones. It's, it's nothing like you can ever imagine. It's a, just a vibration. And uh, apparently they didn't realize the American flags and the orange air panels on our vehicles. <laughs> like, hey, those Iraqis stole American flags. Get them. Let's kill these guys. Let's kill these guys and find out why. <laughs> And Brian, um, you guys don't have like a Ford controller or anything like that with you guys, no, right? So there's nobody who can make direct contact with these aircraft. My platoon commander is working on it at this time. Okay. Yeah. So is in the whole in your whole company? Do you guys have a Ford controller? Not in the grunts, no. Okay. Not in the regular infantry. Uh, as we're going south, now we start taking fire from both sides again, from inside the city, and then the guns, the uh, A10, still running on us. Well, they hit one vehicle. Uh, with a, I think they're called a Maverick missile. I don't. I don't know for sure. Uh, now they didn't do guns anymore. They shot a, mi- a rocket at it or missile, whatever you want to call it. And it was a catastrophic kill. Took out the whole vehicle. Uh, they hit our vehicle. I don't know if they hit us with a Maverick or with the guns again. Uh, but it was just a mobility kill. My vehicle crashed. Uh, crashed into a wall. So we bailed out. Uh, Threw our wounded over the wall and held out in this one house. I I, I don't know how long. I felt like fucking days. I, I think it was an hour or two, a couple hours. I don't you guys really are don't still know. 20 guys strong at this point? No, I see more like 10 or 12 at this point with okay. wounded. Um, okay. And uh, now we're inside Ambush Alley in one of the houses. Uh, we had one guy cleared one house by himself. He ended up getting a bronze star for that. Uh, Robinson, uh, we had guys, what was so significant about this is there was no, at this point, there was no leader, uh, not leadership, because there's always leadership, uh, higher ranking, senior ranking. Okay. It was all small unit leadership. I don't even know, there was corporals and below. I don't even know if we had a sergeant. No over command and control. No, it was all small unit leadership, bread and butter Marine Corps. Yeah. What, and what are your injuries uh, right now? Right now, uh, shrapnel in the left leg and right ass cheek. Okay. Um, we have guys in the lo- in the main lobby, like it's, like it's a hotel, a small house, uh, the main room treating our wounded. We got guys on the roof, guys along the fence. I mean, it was like these guys, it's like clockwork. Yeah. Just from the training. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're t- we're t- taking incoming and we're, we're giving it back. And it wasn't until uh, a guy I didn't even know. Uh, well, Herrera and uh, Gunny Doran. I don't mean, I think it was with Bravo Company. Straight out of a movie. This is some really movie bullshit. Comes in high back Humvee with no ammo, no uh, armor, not ammo, had plenty of ammo. Yeah. Uh, no armor with two Marines came flying in. No escorts, no big gun trucks came in, screeches to a halt in front of the, front of the building. Gets out and says, get in the truck. We're like, okay. <laughs> okay, George. <laughs> <laughs> we all get in, and he pulls us out. Uh, it was probably a few hours later. I don't know. Um, and then it wasn't until the uh, 
tanks came back and then everything stopped. Once once the tanks are there, nobody wants to play. Yeah. And so that that was your first Purple Heart. That was my From first that, taste. That was your first injury. That first taste of combat. First Purple Heart. Yeah. I go. This is how this sucks. This is how this works. Feel like the and that that's the beginning of your. They, that's the very yeah. beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah, that that was the shittiest part about it. We're all like, this is the way the whole. Is this gonna go? Every day gonna go like this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is not okay. This is nothing like the movies. <laughs> so we ended up in my company. We ended up losing eighteen Marines. Um, and I, just I, that day. Yeah, just yeah. That's like six hour period. Yeah. Um, I I'd be guessing if twenty more wounded. I don't know. I'd be making that up. I don't couldn't give you an accurate number on that. But um, it was a significant amount of people. Oh yeah. Our entire weapons, our entire, almost our entire weapons platoon, our entire mortar section was wiped out. Yeah. Um, so that is just like your first contact on, you know, the road to Baghdad here for you guys. Um, and, you know, that that whole Nazaria lasted, you know, a little over a week. And... Um, yeah, because after that it turned into like... Clearing the house and stuff, but my my company, we, we were kind of pulled off for a little bit and kind of like regroup. Let's go in defensive positions and hang out for a bit. Yeah. You guys, yeah. So you got did they? Did you guys stay there? Or did you? Yeah, fall we were back du- we were dug in around yeah. Nazaria. Yeah. Okay, so how long did you stay there? Probably a week or two. I'd yeah. be, I'd be I couldn't be accurate on the okay. time. So during this time, you, where are you at? When the, the Gulf War kicked off? Beginning, the, beginning no. of Iraq. Yeah. Yeah. Beginning yeah, of Iraq. Yeah. I was in... Because you've already been in Afghanistan at this time. No. Oh, I have no. not gone yet. No, oh. I didn't go till late. I, I, was, I was in school. You were still... I went okay, to, so you weren't even there. I went to selection, okay. and then I went to the 18 Bravo course, and I went to dog school. Uh, I think we were... I think it was language school. Okay. Bullshit my way through language school, and it's all started. Yeah. I... I believed in can my. You, can you explain to them dog school? Yeah. Um, yeah. I I wound up looking into a program, uh, the special operations dog program, canine program. I was a, I was a. Uh, we were a handler, right? Yeah, I was a dog handler. I was a dual purpose dog handler. So I went to that school. Uh, the first one I went to was in San Antonio, Texas, mm-hmm. and then I went to another one, in between tours in uh, Indiana. With, uh, at this point, because I know there was a transition of the type of dog, what type of dog were you working with at that time? We had all single-purpose uh, labs and um, they called floppier dogs, be- beagles, dogs that were just supposed to go out and find the IEDs. We did, okay. have, we did very little bite training okay. at that time. So, with the, so while you're in the middle of the, the bullshit, Rye, like they're right gathering that intel to, to train – for what they're looking for with you, Danny? There's a there's a huge disconnect between what they're doing and what we're doing. Oh, really? Yeah, huge disconnect. We didn't we didn't I was completely unaware of what they were doing. That we didn't we get any lessons learned from them from that phase. Uh I have how you're Yeah, from what we did. Uh, it wasn't even the insurgency wasn't even a thing yet. It wasn't even it was just a 
your general war going on. That we, it was just conventional yeah. warfare at that point where yeah. you guys were yeah. at. I had a right. completely different experience. I was in the same places, different times, completely different experience than, than both these guys. Yeah. They haven't even started with the, uh, what do they call those guys? IEDs. IEDs. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, that wasn't a thing yet. The roadside yeah. bombs. All yeah, they haven't even started with any of that stuff yet. This is the really initial point. And Al, you're right behind, right? Yeah, so we were like three weeks behind you guys. So when you made the push into Iraq, like I was still in Kuwait, you know, I'm saying hearing about all this shit, and we were like, God damn, fuck, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> so you basically cleared you guys, the way. You guys are going. I wish I was in Iraq. We're going. I wish I was in Kuwait. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. This was a bad idea. Yeah, we were doing all the training in Kuwait that you had done. Yeah. You know, for three weeks before you made this, so you cleared the way for all of us, basically. Is that is that kind of the nature of the game for you guys? going forward like the marines are just kind of doing their big heavy push and and are you guys kind it of wasn't just marines it was or? just uh the army i know they did a flank to the left you're, you're talking general scale stuff like i had no strategic level that's yeah it. Okay. I, i'm here to at this time i'm here to kick that door open and right shoot somebody inside of it i have no i, I don't care what the overall purpose is right i don't i do care with the objective because we're objective driven we want to accomplish the mission but sure. yeah. i want to accomplish like my platoon's mission mm-hmm my company can know what else can com- right. accomplish the company mission. I want to accomplish my platoon mission. Right. You know? Well, Brian, I, I have here down and you got to help me with this timeline. Um, so in the summer of Oh three, you go to recon school. Can I throw one thing in before that? Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Nope. <laughs> no, Brian. My notes are my notes. Don't he's, sidetrack. He's, yeah, beautiful, line, beautiful line over here. It's Brian. not in my notes. It he's didn't happen. Can I ask something? Yeah. When did the the story that in the the Chow Hall happen when you guys came in all tore up? Second deployment. Oh, okay. All that right. will that will be told. <laughs> that was too significant not to okay, tell. Got it, got it. I'll shut up. I'm glad you remember that story. The uh, fast forward a few weeks. I don't even know where I was. Uh, we had a sniper team attached to my platoon. Each battalion has a. Uh, Hang on, let's go. Let's take some bikes. So now you you've been wounded. Yeah. What care did you get, and where did you go? Uh, field care. I never. I didn't okay. get. I didn't get medevaced. Uh, my corpsman uh, took as much shrapnel as he could out, and then he threw local some, tweezers. Yeah, threw some ointment on it and. Get back in there. I don't even think we take an e drink water right back in the yeah. game. Nice. Change your nice. size. Yeah, it was minor <laughs> enough to it was minor enough to where I was lucky enough to be able to. Do Were you offered that, or you just fuck this? I'm here. I'm staying. Oh, I wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. I know that was never even an option. Um, remember what I was saying about wanting to do the sniper thing and everything? Well, one of the sniper teams was attached to my platoon. Now we're in a defensive position. I think it was outside El Cut. I could be wrong. Uh, the sniper team attached to my platoon got a mission for observation. It wasn't too far. It was a couple clicks, a couple kilometers outside of our, our area, our defensive position. But their their snipe, one of their snipers in their four man team was having real big problems with his feet. They were like rotten. Like he never took off his boots and socks. He was like he was hurting bad. Sure. And he was their main radio guy. Well, after we lost our radio operator in Nazaria, I had been studying the radios and studying the rifles. My platoon commander knew this. He knew I wanted to go stay platoon. He's like, "That's what you're a radio operator." Yeah. I'm like, "Like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I kind of want to be the radio operator." He's like, oh, "I'm not asking you. <laughs> this wasn't a conversation." Right. Um, so, purely coincidence. He's like, "Well, why don't you give your guy a rest and take Waz with you on this mission?" I'm like, "Holy shit!" 
this, how the so hell did this you, actually work out? kind of hooked you, know? you up, huh? Oh, big time. Nice. Uh, so I was able to do a mission with them. They put me on the rifle just for shits and giggles, just to you know, do some spotting and stuff like that. Never saw anything, never did anything, but it was it was a significant moment in the near future. Uh, so it was pretty cool to be a part of that. Uh, so, yeah. The rest of the appointment was, for the most part, not too... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say significant because it was, but not too... Uh, Eventful. Eventful, thank you. Okay. A couple of little skirmishes here and there, but nothing too crazy. Okay. Um, was it in 2003? Yeah. Four. Um, yeah. The summer of 2003, you go to recon school. How do you, you're, <laughs> you're in, you know, in this engagement here, how do you, how do you wind up going to recon school out of here? How do you, how do you get there? We finished the deployment. Oh, so you you finish so that deployment ends and you yes. go back. Yeah. Okay, all right. We get back to Camp Lejeune, uh, and they have these flyers up for uh, in doc in the Second Force Reconnaissance Company, which is really rare because it's always been known to you have to be go to Recon Battalion, do time there, and then reenlist and go to re- Force Recon. It's never Force Recon is never like just an open enrollment for right. Force Recon. It's just. One of those right place, right time, right people. Man, look at you, though. Exactly. Story, <laughs> story of my life. <laughs> not, I'm not kidding. Um, so between that, the flyers up, my platoon commander, everyone knows. Uh, everyone in the community is like, oh, Moose Sealy, Moose Sealy. He's like this really respected guy. Yeah. Between him making the phone call and me, again, never actually saying I was going to do it, just kind of <laughs> went to the screening that day. Um. And I just, it just kind of happened. Uh, at the screening, it's kind of significant. I, uh, we did some training and stuff for the, for the INDAC, for the initial screening, I'm sorry. And you had to do a crossover. It's where you, I think it's 50 meters, I don't remember. Uh, to dive in, this is the hardest part. You dive in feet first, then have a pool, go all the way to the bottom, kick off, go across the whole pool, staying on the bottom, get to the end, touch the wall, and come up. It's really far. It's really hard. <laughs> First time I did it, I made it all the way, but the entire time I didn't realize that I had my eyes closed. I was going up on an upward angle. So I got to the wall, and I was, like, right at the top of the water. And so one of the instructors, Eden Pearl, uh, well, he's a significant guy. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Started laughing and he's like, "Huh, you failed." <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean it failed? Yeah, uh, I didn't say anything. I didn't respond. You know, he's like, "Do it again." Like, okay. I'm like, what the fuck did I do wrong? I didn't realize I was going up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he pulled me over. He explained to me. I'm like, "Okay, you could do it again." And he goes, "Ready, go." I'm like, "What the fuck?" Okay, I didn't even catch my breath yet. <laughs> Jump back in. I make like ten so feet. What do you? What do you? What are you wearing at this point? Do you have any gear on? Are they just just, uh, just shorts. Just skivvies, shorts. Yeah. Yeah. Super weird. <laughs> well, I no, mean, no, no gear yet. <laughs> no. This is just the initial screen. Are we both sides, and uh, <laughs> I make it like five, ten feet. I didn't even catch my breath yet. Yeah. He's laughing. He's like, "That's it. One more try. You're gone." Like, take. He's like, "Relax, bro." So take he's fucking time. with you at this. <laughs> point. Oh, yeah. okay. He's having this fun. Right. They call him the Viking. He's like this muscle head, tattooed, red hair, red beard, looking <laughs> intimidating, looking dude. Like, oh yeah. man. And, Guy you want to please. The second you walk in the room, like, I want to make that guy happy with whatever <laughs> I need to do. Um, so get ready. I catch my breath. And I'm like, oh, no, 
think I can fucking do this, you know? So I, I get ready. They're like, all right, prepare to cross over. Cross over. I jump in. I start swimming. Get about halfway, and I'm like, this is fucked. There's no way. I'm going, I'm going. Now I can feel myself coming up. And all of a sudden, I'm getting, I'm getting pushed. <laughs> Fuck. Eden Pearl swimming on top of me. Come on. Pushing me down. Pushing me down. Make it to the end. I hit the wall. I coming up. I remember seeing him coming up next to me. And as I'm coming up, I remember like clucking, like, like, like yeah. trying for air. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, the next thing I remember, I'm outside the pool. Like, right, it was right at the top. And he's like, yeah, you made it. <laughs> what do you know, asshole? <laughs> I never, I, I never act, like, completely passed out, but I, it was right there. Right there. But officially, had you passed on the first try? No, because I wasn't at the bottom the whole time. I oh, was okay. coming up on an angle. Okay. He's a bad guy, though, huh? He's a badass dude. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. They say he was... Uh, well, this from the article I read. I, this was after he was ended up being killed in action. Uh, they say he was like one of the most wounded to survive. Wow. You have any experiences like that, Danny? Oh yeah. You, you have any like instructors that you wouldn't have gotten where you were without? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and from all the way back to my my early point, I. Get that dipper in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I went to basic, I had a, it's called a, uh, a Victor contract for the Army. So I went to basic training, AIT, Airborne School, and then Ranger School right off the bat. And I was lucky enough to go in a summertime where cadets were there. You actually got into Ranger School right, right off right the bat? Right after. It, it was a Victor contract. Okay. So I was trying to get to battalion. Yeah, early. right, right. So the, the, uh, all the cadets drew all the attention from the instructors, from the RIs. And I really had it easy because there wasn't a lot of expectations for privates. I could do the physical end of it, but then when the mental end of it came, they were like, okay, trader, you're only graded on the part that you lead. And everything else, you just have to kind of be in, be conscious. If you can stay <laughs> awake and, and not die, you'll, sure. you'll make it. So, you're like, I got this. <laughs> well, uh, no. <laughs> so I had a guy, Corporal Usry. Corporal Usry was a... He was a, he had had a long tab. He was a Green Beret already, but he was a corporal. And I didn't put two and two together. It didn't make sense because he had had to been at least an E5 to go to selection. But he was a corporal. He was an E4. I know what it means. So he had gotten busted down. And probably 84, he had his girlfriend on the back of his motorcycle. He did a wheelie. She fell off and died. Oh, jeez. So he got busted down. He got put back. He was on his comeback tour. And he took me under his wing and helped me out. And when everybody else was sleeping and they, they would have had a chance to sleep, he came up next to me and go, look, you're going to lead the, the crossing a danger area. Well, crossing a linear danger area is not that hard. And he would say, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to do, you know, and, and he'd outline it for me and help me. And then the RI come over and, okay, trader, you're going to do the linear danger area. Okay. And I had it and I explained what I was going to do. Everybody executed. He goes, okay, you're off. Cadet Dicklehead, you'll come over here. You're next. Yeah. And I had passed my, you know, that, that part <laughs> that of observation, section, that, yeah. that section of I had passed because of corporate use. He hand carried me through ranger school. God bless me. He's a great dude. That's awesome. So we went to Korea and I was, I did not get selected for battalion right off the bat. I was not part of that, that group that got selected. So I went to the regular army, went to the second infantry division, mm. went into Korea and he came with me. Not because he wanted to, he just got stuck there. So we both went in at the same time to see the, the tank commander and replacements, whatever. And 
we're standing there. He looks at my two pages of files and goes, okay, you know, whatever. First 31st Infantry. And he looks at uh, Corporal Useries, who had a real nice thick uh, 201, like a jacket of, of all of his stuff. Because well, he'd, he'd been in he'd for been a while. In. Yeah, yeah he, he knew. And he goes, and this guy, was a, he must have been a real dick. He goes, I'm going to give you door number one or door number two. He goes, door number two is staying with this idiot. Or door number one, he goes, what's door number one? He goes, I'm not going to tell you. you got to choose. He goes, well, I'll stay with him. He goes, you're an what idiot. What is the fucking Price is Right? Yeah. What the fuck is going Price on is Right? right. Price is Right. Yeah. He goes, you gave up uh, the one of the last slots on a Huey to be a door gunner of the Huey for the division commander. You would have had two guns, M60s, the old yeah. machine guns. That's all you would have to do is fly around in the Huey all day and take care of these machine guns. And that's... And he goes, nah, and he wound up with me in Korea for a year. <laughs> <laughs> Pissed off. Wow. wow. <laughs> so good dude. Help me out a lot. Danny, before before we get done, mm-hmm. I want you to tell everyone I've referenced this a couple times before. What are the three pussies? Who are they? There's the cold pussy. Right? Uh food pussy, sleep pussy, what cold How about sleep? Four? Well, Three. To to piggyback off a of Waz's story, the water. Yeah. I am a water pussy. <laughs> and that whole like you have to go under the water and all the way across and, and this not is come out. Ranger out. school, right? Ranger school is a, it has very little water stuff. We we have okay. to jump in and come back out. Okay. And I, I barely made that. <laughs> <laughs> if they would ask me to do that, I would and for that reason I'm out. <laughs> so ra- Ranger School has very little to do with water. You have to walk up uh, this obstacle course called the Darby Queen, and you okay. go to the top of it. You jump in. You say, Rangers, lead the way. And you go in the water, and then you pop up, and you swim out, and you're done. That's the only water. Vince's couch nickname was the Darby Queen, too. Oh, <laughs> 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 so that was my only thing. But mm. there's 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 food, sleep, and, wa- and uh, uh, cold. Food, sleep, and cold. Right, cold. yeah. So everybody's something, right? <laughs> it, you, you can... Take being cold, you can take not eating, but sleeping, man, I need to sleep. Or you can be one of those three yeah. things. And I swear there are still pink elephants in the Georgia countryside. <laughs> like, Because I would go you know, so long without sleeping, and did you see that? And everybody's just, you know, just zone, <laughs> just, just, yeah, just do, yeah. All right. Um, welcome back, everybody, to Chicago's Bravest Story. We had to take a little break. Um this episode is brought to you by Rescue One CBD. Uh, go to rescueonecbd.com. And uh, if you uh, use the coupon code BRAVEST, you'll get 20% off their products. And again, it's 0.00%. Uh, How many zeros? Tier- that's a lot of zeros. That's, that's, that's more than two zeros. That is three zeros of percent of THC. <laughs> It's a firefighter-owned business. Um, you can They'll send you a um, drug test kit with it, and you can also scan the QR code because they make it in small batches, and you can actually track the batches of CBD oil. And I know, Danny, you were talking about that you love CBD oil. You've been using it. <laughs> I and love it. We're going to gonna get you a, uh, a bottle of Rescue One CBD oil. And uh, we also wanted to thank uh, Lost Before Arrival for our intro music and outro music and our commercial music. Uh, uh, Andrew Knock was kind enough to come in here and record uh, those. uh, He came in here with his guitar, and it was actually a really cool session. We had a couple drinks, and he laid down all these tracks that we use uh, on pretty much everything on this podcast. 
So thank you, Andrew. You can find him on Facebook at Loss Before Arrival. And uh, like always, uh, if you guys don't go to our website, uh, Steve will be mad. So um, uh, Chicago's Bravest Stories. And he studies professional wrestling, so yeah, you're, so, you're going to be worried about this guy. Yeah. So uh, Rescue One CBD, type in Bravest and um, go to Rescue One, the number one, CBD.com. And I mean, Dan, what what do you what do you like about CBD oil? I mean, you were raving about it. Uh, it all those little aches and pains are go away from me, and my sleep is ridiculous. And I, do you still have those ridiculous dreams? Yes, you do. See, it's, 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 it's crazy, crazy right? Yeah. yeah, it is like like you wake up and it's like you've watched a two hour like colorful, vivid, ridiculous movie, and it's great. Like I try to go back to sleep when I wake up because I'm like. This dream is too good. Do you remember ephedrine, like the bodybuilding thing when yeah. everybody was on that? Yeah. And that was for me, that was all uh, horror movies. <laughs> that, the ephedrine, whatever it did, whatever. <laughs> it, was like watching, it was like watching fucking Rob Zombie's discography. It, <laughs> it was, I had some really bad ones. And then with this, with the CBD, I do get the dreams. They're colorful, but it's not. They're not horror They're shows. They're awesome. They're, yeah, it's, it's nice right. streams. So this episode hear, not brought to you by a Fedrin. Nice <laughs> <laughs> like, no, they're, the they're the most random, like, you would never put these no. things that happen in these CBD dreams. Mm. But, but, you know, they do, I mean, the reason you're having those is because you're actually finally getting, like, really Absorbing deep Absorbing some, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I, it's awesome. We, we, my wife, and we've kind of, discovered and and since we're not long, no longer being tested and and we've kind of delved into that realm uh not with the thc but a lot with the cbd and it every night and i don't i'm not exaggerating every night will be uh, we do like cupping or whatever i'll do like put the rub the cbd on our shoulders and we cupping this across is it get real weird i want no you I know, want you know what cupping is the, <laughs> yeah, the, no, the, so we'll do the cupping and then you do active cupping where you have the big ones in your suck it or you heat it up and then you go across and it leaves big bruises and yeah. but it really it's, helps it's a hickey is basically yeah, what it is hickey. yeah so i have bad knees bad ankles and i'm i i really use it a lot especially on all that stuff it's not a miracle it's not going to take you from 10 down to zero but it'll take three points off of that nagging aching it's it's all the little tiny yeah. aches and pains that yep. you know it, it's not going to fix those Seriously. big aches try but, it it's good shit yeah so uh, thanks again, uh, Rescue One CBD Rescue, I'm the number really one CBD dot com. Um, so let's get back into this, uh, Brian. Where are we now? You uh, you just finished your first tour, and you go back. You get to Force Recon now, right? You've uh, you got you went back to Lejeune after your first deployment, and you uh, you lucked out. Yeah, and you get you, the one and only. Open enrollment for Force Recon. Yeah, and uh, they might have done a few after that, but that was the first one. Yeah, so you uh, you managed to get where you wanted to get, and what was that experience like? So the the main reason for that, and it's actually it was kind of a significant like uh, aha moment for me was uh, I was going to sign up. I know we already talked about the screening and everything, but I actually thought about something. Uh, remember, I still wanted to get in the sniper platoon. I didn't. This is still on the radar. Oh yeah, okay. I didn't. I wanted to be a scout sniper in the Marine Corps. That's, that's what, I, as a kid, that's what that I was, wanted. Okay. Uh, and now it's there. I can see it. I, I and I've already tried. I once I once it's in my head, it, it's not. I, I can't go away. I, I my body won't allow it. I wish it would. <laughs> it's not right. for the rest of my life, but that's just the way my body works. 
Um, so I was trying, and it actually got to a point where it was literally every day at our platoon meeting at the end of the day, I'd raise my hand, and my platoon sergeant and platoon commander would be like, I know. Yeah, we get it. I know. <laughs> and finally it got to the point where like, fuck it, come on. He grabbed me, brought me to the, brought me to the office. Once the, uh, the sniper platoon commander was like, what's going on with this guy? He's like, we're working on it, we're working on it. I'm like, well, then I'm going to go. I'm going to do the recon thing then. They, Is, they, are they, you I, still in that position where your company won't release you? Or are you good to go now? Like if There was a big unknown. Like it, we had just gotten back. I think it was more or less uh, they weren't organized enough to let me. I'm sure they would have let me go eventually. Okay. But it's me, me stubborn. Now, we, we took some casualties in Iraq the first time, and if you thought I was mad after 9-11. <laughs> Jesus. I, went, I wanted my revenge. Right. I went there, and now you're going to fuck me up a little bit? No, right. no, no, I'm back full throttle. I, got, I wanted to go back. I wanted to go back now. You know, I, I, I wanted revenge. I, didn't get, I felt I didn't get the revenge I went for in the first place. I had to get more revenge. You had to revenge the revenge. Exactly, which okay. is significant because it's lessons learned later on down the road. Down the road. Um, so I had this opportunity to do the force recon thing, and they're still kind of dicking me around about the sniper thing. I said, I talked to my platoon commander. He's like, I think you should go. So I went, and I remember the day I was checking out, which is kind of a funny story. It was uh, supposed to be a big Purple Heart ceremony for the guys in the battalion, and my mom and my brother flew down for it. It's kind of a big deal. It is, yeah. and uh, they got canceled. Don't know why. Well, like well, my family's down here. That's kind of shitty, you know. Well, that's literally the day, the exact day. I'm literally checking out of First Battalion, Second Marines, and I'm checking in a Second Second Force Reconnaissance Company. That day, later on that day, and my my mom and my brother in town, my platoon commander wasn't having anything about it. I don't know who he talked to. I don't know what he did, but they ended up having an entire battalion formation for me to receive my first Purple Heart. <laughs> Just unofficially, or oh no, very officially. Oh, Come on, I awesome. was very cool. uncomfortable with the whole thing. Wow. He found out that my my mom and my brother were here, yeah, and he was like, "No, they're not. This isn't happening." So we literally had an entire battalion formation in in between all the barracks and the big lawn and everything, yeah. uh, and then said the congratulations or hugs and everything with family and everyone that came by. And the funny thing was that Gunny Duran that came and got me out of the house yeah, yeah. came up and gave my mom a hug. And it wasn't until he left I told her, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that guy's kind of significant. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, I checked out of the unit about a half an hour later. I had the ceremony. I was still in my uniform. I had to get my dress, one of my dress uniforms, my dress yeah. alphas, the yeah. greens. And I go to the company office, and the sniper platoon commander was like, what the fuck? What's this? And my, my platoon commander, Sealy, was like, he's going. You guys waited too long. He kind of, like, threw him a oh. shot. <laughs> he's yeah, like, well, quick. Everyone yeah. was like, what the fuck is going on? What is this? What is, what is happening? So I left. I uh, literally, that afternoon, I grabbed my stuff, and I went to the other side of the base. Uh, it's the recon community, so it's all, like, secluded off by its own, by its own little world on Camp Lejeune. Oh, shit. Um, and I checked in over there. Well, um total nonsense question but um do you have a sword i do come on <laughs> come on sword why, did, asked, you bring it? why my, did you not bring it here i asked my buddy about it right he's like not everyone gets swords i'm like you have to buy it. i see it you you can wear it come on you can get it as a non-commissioned officer as a corporal and above i never got one it was actually gifted to me from lon cogley no kidding 
guy. Yeah, Bless Lon Cogley. Yep. What a, Good what a, guy. What a man. Yep. Good guy. Uh, he uh, had an extra one, so he gave it to me, which... Of course he had an extra well, one. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you got a bunch of extra 1911s, too. You didn't give me one of those. Uh, so, yeah, which actually means more to me than if I bought one for myself. So, yeah. uh, it's awesome. I, I absolutely have a sword. Wow. How do you get a sword? You buy it, or you it's, give it. it, give it to, yeah, it's not. They will not. Sure. The Marine Corps does not give you one. Oh, they don't issue them no. to anyone. Like even once you get to a certain. Ah, uh, the officers rate. might. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Okay, I was just curious. No, that's. Yeah, not, you you rate a sword at a non commissioned officer, corporal and above. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. So um. So yeah. So you you had your ceremony. Um. You 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 got your medal, right? Yeah. They actually gave yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. Get your medal, and you're and you're going into school, and then how how's that go down? I check into Second Forest Reconnaissance Company. Mm-hmm. They give me the barracks room. It was kind of nice because it's like real first world problems. You go from like the grunt barracks, which is like gen pop, uh-huh. to now it's like this brand new barracks. I got my own room. Like it's like real. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like like you were you were staying in Cook County Prison for right. like for four years. <laughs> now I'm at like minimum minimum security. <laughs> right. <laughs> with with a nice scenic yeah. view. It's a studio apartment. So uh, you you get to Force Recon in the summer of '03. Is that about right? About around okay. yeah. I couldn't. I, I'd be guessing if I gave and you then, a month. So when, when is your second deployment? So now your deploying has... It's got to be... With Force Recon. You're, you're going to... Can depl- I, can I it, yeah. get take in there, a Danny. step back? Get in there. Um, first, first question. So you walk into... You were a, a stud in 2nd Marine. Now you walk into Force Recon. What's your level in the, in the recon yeah, what's company? what's your position? So, right. Yeah, we haven't even... It, it, you go into RIP, RIP platoon, recon indoctrination platoon. It's basically, now you pass a screening, uh-huh. which is nothing. I was no? like, yeah, that's great. Okay. That's, that's fantastic. Now you're in, you're in RIP. It's basically three months of hazing. It is what, call it what it is. Yeah. Uh, with teaching. They're actually still teaching us stuff with na- land navigation, uh, fire maneuvers, certain stuff like that. But that's what's nice about the Marine Corps is everything still goes down to small unit leadership, that fire team. Like, like I said at the beginning of this, like contact left, contact right. Mm-hmm. That's why the Marine Corps is so successful, a small unit, small unit leadership. Uh, so coming from the grunts to second force, I felt I had a good base. Yeah. Base. I mean, they're going to expand on that and then some. Sure. Uh, but that kind of set me up. But yeah, when we first got there, we were the we were nothing. They called us ropers. Did the we had to carry we had to carry a rope around us so people knew we were you could fuck with us at any time you wanted. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Did yeah. most of the guys that you wound up uh, meeting in Force Grand were they already battle hardened or you're because you're coming there off of already been in a firefight? So this is actually it. a story I got to be careful telling. Um, yes and no. Uh, we had a couple, we had a guy from Tanks, uh, two guy, uh, a guy from Light Armor Reconnaissance, uh, which is like uh, reconnaissance and vehicles, separate from the reconnaissance sure. community. It's different. Yeah. Um, a couple other grunts. Uh, we had one guy who uh, was a what they call a MAGTAF planner, computer marine. Okay. He literally typed out orders for generals and colonels and stuff like that. That's what he did. Well, he saw the same flyer I did. Right. He said, fuck it. I'm going to try out for Force Recon. Yeah. Well, uh, I know you. You know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, well, he's still active. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, very active. Um, he not only passed everything with us, he surpassed all of us. He's extremely. So this, guy, this guy who who writes reports was just 
smoking. Well, I, the, who I have about a foot on him, and, really? I'm not, and I'm not a big guy. And this guy just was killing it, huh? Oh man, like, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> complete success story. And I wish I could tell more of the story, but he's still completely very active in the community. Um, recently, still serving. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Very very recent. Very active. Um, went further on throughout his yeah. career into other into right. other and, and not stuff. the guy that you pegged like looking down the line no yeah it's, it that's, never is and yeah, I, I, I know like it sounds like I'm telling yeah, half you guys of, experience? it's always like that yep no shit I'm telling I feel like I'm t- I am telling half of a story but that's all I can tell but sure. he's yeah. a, a guy I look up to this day and he was the guy that oh, he was a guy that looked at us like oh is that how grunts tie their shoes like who's that <laughs> You know, he's got full sleep tattoos, drinks whiskey, and his parents probably hated us, but he's 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 the guy and then some now, and I look up to him now, yeah. Wow. Good for him. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's great. I wish I could elaborate more on that. But no. Yeah. That's right. Just the fact that you can elaborate on it yeah. is is awesome. Yeah, just, to be in, <laughs> just to be in company of that, that, those, yeah. that kind of person. Okay. So, uh, yeah, can I, we're can yeah, I go, go. I want to yeah. do it. I want to finish. He knows, he knows this story. Yeah, so, it's no, kind of so how long was your the in-doc? Or the your your the time as a role. Red platoon was three months. Three months. Yeah, and then how and it's only tra- because there was a school. It, it, there's no set time. They'll they'll do it till they're until done. they want to do it. So when did you? When was the end of you being in RIP? And when did you actually become a member? Or when did you actually become accepted or, or on the team on so the A team? At the end of RIP, they do what's called an, the in doc. Uh, that's the long, however long they want to make a test, uh, physical. Mental land navigation, everything wrapped wrapped into one. Uh, I don't remember how long it was. At least twelve hours. I don't know. It could be days. I, I, I don't remember. Um, and the best part was, this is what I always got a kick out of. You got all this. You got three months of training, three months of hazing. Well, however long the indoc was, the last thing is the interview. <laughs> the interview interviews everything. The dolphin, Brian. The dolphin. I brought. I brought out the dolphin again. No, I. Like, dude, I did I, not. Listen, I'm betting a thousand with the dolphin story. Like. So this was what was funny about me then, and I guess it kind of still applies. I was very serious then, and I was very focused. And I somehow stumbled on this no smiling thing. I didn't smile, ever. Like, ever. That was your thing? It was my thing. Oh, sure. And it really messed with people. Like, even the people that were supposed to be messing with me had a hard time dealing with it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, So that's probably why I ended up running with it. And in my interview, I remember Gunny Mercer. He was, a guy, he was the head guy running the RIP platoon. And he's like, Waz, the war's over. Relax. <laughs> and I said, no, it's not, Gunny. <laughs> Straight face. <laughs> and I think they realized, like, I was, I was focused. Sure. I, I, had a, I, I went to Force Recon because I wanted to get, to get back to Iraq to kill people to make up for killing my friends. Yeah. Period. Yeah. That's it. I, I already... I already got got back for the 9-11 thing. I'm cool with that. Now I want to pay back for what he did this time. <laughs> it made sense in my head at the time. So they selected, out of everyone that passed the NDOC, they selected seven of us to go to recon school. Not everyone that passed the NDOC went to recon school. Oh, so even passing that, you're Everything still goes not on. there, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. At least this, this is how it was for us at this time. Um, so we call ourselves Team 7 because when we went to recon school, this is totally ignorant marine <laughs> thing right here. Uh, we went to recon school. There six. They broke us up into six teams. Well, we were all like a lot of those guys were recon contract, a lot of privates and lance corporals coming in. We were all 
some of us combat, some of us or at least have deployment or entire enlistments under our belt, they broke us up. Everyone from Second Forest was either a team leader or assistant team leader in all six teams. They broke as well as they could mix it up. But we ended up calling ourselves Team 7, all the Second Forest guys, just to kind of jag everybody off. It made sense to us at the time. It was really, <laughs> really ignorant. Like I said, typical Marine stuff. I remember the day well, before we left, one of the instructors goes, hey, when you get there, tell Staff Sergeant so-and-so, go fuck yourself. <laughs> We're like, yeah, I'm not going to say that. Not, that's not going to happen. So we get to recon school day one. They're hazing the shit out of us. It's all, all hands, just all, every instructor possible, just beat the hell out of us. Finally, this one big guy comes up in the middle of the circle. We're all doing push-ups or something at the time. He goes, is there a, sec- is there a message for me from Second Force Reconnaissance? I'm like, oh, God, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> My buddy Alex, oh, this guy, I wish he was in this room right now. I look up to him. He's, uh, he goes, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> All of a sudden, the mood went from hazing to very serious. So everybody who's not in Second Force Reconnaissance Company get inside the barracks. Second Force, they were like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> but it ended up being the executive officer, executive officer of the whole school. Uh, completely coincidence. We were not supposed to give him that message. <laughs> <laughs> Through uh, some further explanation, they understood the situation. They're like, so nobody got in trouble. But it was very close to ending ending oh, uh, very fast for us. <laughs> right. I, I don't think even if... I was told, hey, yeah, it's okay. I already got it covered. Who has the balls to do that? Right? <laughs> Alex does. Goddamn Alex. <laughs> so how does that feel? I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, Dan. How does that feel when, when you pass the, the school and you become on the varsity? So the, big, the varsity. The varsity, the big, it's, the it's big leagues. Funny that you use that word because the story down there, and I think you know the story, uh, it's significant. But again, at the time, I wasn't, uh, what's the word? I, I Cognizant. You weren't aware of it. I didn't understand the significance of it. When I first got to the grunts, back when I was with 1-2, one, one the first thing we did was went to the rifle range. And I remember seeing uh, these guys over at Stone Bay. That's a shooting range. We're checking out our weapons, typical grunt, uh, a line at the armor about a mile long waiting hours and hours to get your rifle. And I look over, and these guys doing a shooting, shooting training at this small range right there. I look, and these guys aren't, they don't look like Marines. They don't look like us. You know, these guys are bigger guys, you know, all tatted up, flight suits on, not camis, wearing baseball hats, all fancy gear. What the hell's going on? Well, I jump out of line to use the porta potty go to take a piss, and as I go to open it, one of these guys comes out. The guy's towering over me. I'm like, oh. Remember, I'm private at the time. I didn't even get PFC because I got caught drinking during school of infantry. <laughs> <laughs> you too, huh? Well, I told the truth, and that's when I learned that Marines do lie, cheat, and steal. Um, <laughs> I asked, like, oh, you, what are you guys with? He said, Force Recon. I was like, oh. I'm like, holy shit. Like, wow, those guys are Force Recon. Well, that's later on, fast forward two years or whatever later, I'm like, those are just another, more dudes. It's just another dude doing different training. That's all it is. It's not the, I mean, <laughs> Uh, I'm getting kind of sidetracked. Where was I with the? Uh, uh, well, you're you're just you're about on. to go on your second deployment with this group. Okay, so we graduated the recon school. Uh, Dan asked like how it felt. It felt good, but I was very focused at the time. Like I didn't 
I, I wasn't excited. I was glad to be done with the, all the training, like the school at stuff and the hazing and the, all that stuff. But I, I just, I wanted to get back to Iraq. And I, again, like a horseshoe up my ass, like the story of my life. And they're sending, now they're sending second force. Now it's heavy. Now, now, it's, now it's heavy. They're, yeah. We had seven of us. They split us up. It was the Iraq platoon and there was the Mule platoon. Because it was a force recon attachment with every mule, along with whatever grunt battalion, uh, and I went to that rack platoon. Just it, you had a fifty-fifty shot, right? Yeah. It's, again, <laughs> it's that horseshoe which followed me on to yeah. the Chicago Fire Department. You'll <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, we'll get. There. Um, so this is now you're. <laughs> are you taking a boat this time, or you actually, they actually let you get there on with the plane? We flew the second time. Uh, first, we did the whole. We did a long workup. Yeah, Heavy. because now your workup is more significant specific. than very specific for our mission. Yeah, uh, we went to Yuma, Arizona for for, for about a, a couple weeks to a month. Yeah, did desert navigation and stuff like that. A lot of heavy weapons shooting, calling in air, um, and then we did hours and hours and days and days of shooting packages. That crawl, walk, run from dry fire to full speed through the house. It was. So impressive. Yeah. I, when, when the, the finish, the final package, I was something so proud to be a part of, how fast we could clear a house, the platoon. Um, because our, our main mission was uh, turned out to be, uh, we were called Task Force HVT, high-value target. Our job was to kill or capture any of the high-value targets and that, in that, western that Iraq. And that becomes significant later on in our story. Yeah, right? oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so that was the, the workup for that. The significance about going to Iraq platoon and then in my team, which go back to when I wanted to be a scout sniper, uh, in my team, the only school trained scout sniper was my team leader. Well, team leader's not going to be on the rifle 24-7. So I got lucky and I got the rifle in my team. Now, for some reason, uh, the reputation has started to follow me that I was a, a scout sniper in the Marine Corps. I want to be very clear about it. I'm not. I carried the rifle. I carried a sniper rifle for my force reconnaissance team. I would never disrespect a school trained scout sniper like that. Just like I wouldn't expect them to say they were a reconnaissance Marine. Just, you could be both, or you can be one or the other, but be what you are. Okay? There's a significant difference in that. Um, so I was lucky enough to get the rifle. So here I am, my dream as a kid. I want to be a Sniper, Force Recon team, and go to Iraq. And I said, I want to win a Purple Heart and a Medal of Honor. Well, I don't want a Medal of Honor. <laughs> so I just, I'm well, good. I'm good here. Most of them are, no. are given they can, in they can have posthumously. They, they can have that. Um, so the significance of that did not weigh lightly on me. Like, I couldn't believe it was actually happening. So we did our workup, and then we did deploy. When we deployed, we went to Al-Assad Airfield. Which is really funny because my grunt unit cleared Al-Assad airfield at the beginning of the war. Well, now it's it's like Al-Assad is like a coalition. Base, now right? when we got there, there was like Taco Bell's and Subways and Chow right. Halls. I'm like, are you yeah. fucking what? Oh, sure. Air conditioning? <laughs> we dug a hole. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this huh. is a thing. You get yeah. Heineken's. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Ugh. So we operated out of there for a little bit. Uh, we did some operations up on the Syri Syrian border, uh, Huseba, Al-Qaim, another place I can't remember the name. Uh, that was to, make, to stop the influx of uh, fighters coming in from Syria because we were, we were catching them left and right with their passports and all kinds of 
if you had American money, you were dirty, period. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing with $1,400 cash, American money coming into Iraq? Right. So you're, you're, on, you've, you're on your second deployment. Any significant battles at this point? Because, uh, um, well, I guess I do have you at, at I, at this I, point, I, not yet. Okay, because I'm not there yet. Because you haven't, you haven't gotten to. Nothing significant happens till you get to Fallujah, right? Minor stuff. We Just, had a couple IEDs. We laughed about one. I was driving the vehicle this time because we rotated, and my assistant team leader, uh, <laughs> Dave, was uh, was the gunner, and we're driving, and all of a sudden, this big explosion on our passenger side, which is kind of weird, with the way the makeup of the road was, and it felt like. It was like a little bit of a shockwave. It felt like somebody took a handful of pebbles and like whipped it at you. What the fuck? That's it? I expected more, you know? <laughs> right. You hear all these horror stories. <laughs> That's kind of funny. That's what everyone's bitching about? <laughs> <laughs> all right, whatever. This was the weakest IED I've ever found in Denver. All right, all right. Yeah, all right. Continue on. Uh, well, we get to the Fallujah area after that. And as we're driving there, we see the craters from the IDs. We're like, that is not <laughs> what we hit. <laughs> yeah, you ran over a two-liter. Right, right. <laughs> so you, you get to Fallujah. Now, you're at Fallujah at the 2003, 2004? 2004. Right, right there? Four. Okay. And Four. First or second? Second. Okay. The, the second battle so, of Fallujah. Yeah, the first one, they, the... From my understanding, it was a uh, turn political where they stopped them halfway and pulled them out. Right. That was before me. But when you guys go there, Fallujah is uh, uh, like the Wild West, yeah. uh, you know, during that whole engagement. Like that, that is the, the big significant battles all so we happen moved, out there. Like that's no man's land out there. Before Fallujah kicked off, we knew it was happening sooner than later. We moved. To Camp Fallujah, we kind of had, we can kind of do whatever we wanted. <laughs> we can go wherever we wanted. Um, so we moved to Camp Fallujah because we thought we'd do more good there. And we started doing missions out of there. And again, our job was uh, Task Force HVT. We were uh, on call 24-7 for any uh, intel or cell phone hit on any high-value targets in the area. So we would do, like, we would rate, like, a... And how are you guys getting this intelligence, like, who this high-value target is? <laughs> like, it was coming down from... I have from no idea. You guys are just getting, all right, this is our guy. It was, at the time, I feel like I could probably say this. At the time, it was cell, the majority of it seemed to be cell phone hits. Yeah. It was so-and-so. It was always uh, Rocky. Uh, they used names from Ro the Rocky movies. <laughs> so you had to go find Clubber Lang? Apollo Creed. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All of them. Nice. We always laughed because we always caught number four. <laughs> like, why don't we just make Zerkawi number four? <laughs> and then we'll be done because Rakawi was the main guy that we kept going after. So nah. you get you guys went on specific missions just to find him. So you get some intelligence that yeah, hey, Zakawi's yeah. over here, right? And then you guys just push it's out and Zarkawi, go his, fin his finance officer was one of the big ones we caught. Yeah. Uh, what was your tempo? Like, how many? How many a night? Uh, if it was, it depended on the distance. Really, um, usually it was one, but we got greedy. If we hit one, and we got nothing. Like, let me put it this way. If, if we hit your house and we found nothing, but if somebody was launching rockets out of your neighborhood, out of their backyard, do you think you'd know who it was? Probably. 
Okay, so we'd say, tell us what it. So I'd be like, okay, well, it was Jimmy over here. Obviously, his name's not Jimmy. <laughs> like, okay, good. Come with us. Grab him. Hit that house. Hey, Jimmy, Steve here says, yeah, you're launching rockets out of here. So we were making friends. Yeah. That we weren't that, but that wasn't our job. But your, your app tempo was like one, like one grab every time you went out? Uh, the mission was the killer capture. Um, we didn't always get the target. No, they weren't always there. We Did, would miss them by what, a few minutes or an hour. the or frequency of you guys getting engaged? Engaged? Uh, Real hit or miss? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, we were very, very successful doing raids without. And when you guys contact. went on a raid, how how strong were you? Were you going out in? We got weaker and weaker as we went really? on. Well, guys getting you'd, hurt. You'd right. you'd start off in platoon side. So when we were up in Huseba and Okaim, we were doing hard hits. We we're blowing off doors, screaming, yelling, banging. Everything, ba- flashbang, yeah. violent, as violent as you can be, just sure. scare the f- living shit out of these people. Right, right. Make a statement. Violence of we, action. Yeah. I love it. It's fantastic man- maneuver. I mean, it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to Fallujah, and you think it'd be reversed if you really think about it. We weren't as successful as that. It was warm route, warmer out at the time. A lot of people were sleeping on the roofs at the time because these are concrete cinder block buildings. They're hot. There's no air mm-hmm. conditioning. No. Uh, we were hitting silently, sneaking up, getting in. There was times when we would have the house cleared, and we'd be like, all right, three, two, one. Get the fuck up! <laughs> way, get everybody up at yeah. one time, you know? Yeah. Um, you just got to adapt to your, your theater that you're working in. That oh, wouldn't have worked sure. in Usabo, and Usabo wouldn't have worked in Fallujah, but that's just the, what we had at the time. Did you switch from frags to flashbangs? We never fragged. Never? Never fragged. Well, we used frags, but yeah. only... Entrance we never blindly fragged. Okay. No, we wouldn't do that. Because we did have a couple hostage stuff where, like, uh, so-and-so's daughter was taken kidnapped yeah, yeah, yeah. by... We never... We would never... We never cleared by fire, and we never uh, fragged. And you I guys would, had strict, like, rules of engagement that you guys had to be briefed on it, and it was, like, hardcore, or were... Because in Fallujah at that time, did they give... Did I they was lucky enough loosen to... the reins on you guys a little bit? I w- yeah. I was lucky enough to be in there at the times. Like, at the beginning of the war, it was super, super strong. Right. Yeah, for regular dudes and like then, me, it was super strict. Yeah. And but, then yeah. after like, Nazaria, it was like, okay, well, yeah. let's go back to Nazaria for a second, because this is kind of a funny story. Um, well, Fedain, that's a word I couldn't remember yeah. earlier. Yeah. Nazaria happened. Now, we're all pissed. It was like, all right, they're supposed to be reinforcing Nazaria with 300, like 3,500, whatever number it was. Fadain fighters. Okay. And those are supposed to be like the... They're, no, they're like, they're militia. Yeah. What, was this summer of 2004? This, I'm, I know, I jumped back to Nazaria. Nazaria, when was that though? March 2003. Okay. Beginning of the war. Yeah, first couple we, days. Because we fucked around with that too in yeah. like summer sure of 2004. Same, I'm sure yeah. it's the same guys. Bunch of assholes. Uh, <laughs> 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 I know, I jumped back to yeah. finish this story, but... Uh, all the same Tino. places you're talking about. I'm well, like, I'm yeah, sure it I was. that bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> we could have walked past each other. Right. <laughs> Um, but the funny thing was, they said that, but they're coming in vehicles that are white with orange vendors. Mm. That's kind of stupid. Why would they mark their vehicles if they're supposed to be like a militia? So if there wasn't a tank main gun, excuse me, or a, uh, whole line company of Marines to light these vehicles up, a couple days went by and I remember I'm the radio operator back again when I went the grunts. I know I'm jumping around. Right. Uh, all of a sudden I get a radio traffic saying, Hey, hold off on the... Orange Fender vehicles, those are taxis. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sir. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta oh. hear this. Be- beads on the seat, huh? Well, no, it's a good move. To our defense, <laughs> the Fedayeen were taking the taxis, so whatever. We still got right. the bad guys. Right. Fuck them if they can't take a joke. Okay. Officially, they're right, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we're back in the Fallujah area. Sorry. I thought that was a good enough story to share. Um, where were we at? It we're at Fallujah. You, um, you're banging you, in doors. You're grabbing, oh, you're grabbing soft hits. Values. Softer hits for Fallujah area was successful for us. We would do, we were on call 24 7 for any high value target intel. But then if we didn't have any at the time, we would make them. We would look at whatever intel right. aerial photograph and be like, that house looks good. We would f- make our own hits. We're not going to sit on our ass. My platoon, my skipper, platoon commander, skipper is what we called him. Um, and Ed, Ed, my platoon, platoon sergeant. Phenomenal, uh, phenomenal leadership on that on that aspect with the force reconnaissance community. Um, they were made missions for us to do to keep us active. Nice on purpose for there for a reason. Keep us active on purpose. Then yeah. uh, while doing that, we knew Fallujah was going to be happening soon, and then I called them. The perfect reconnaissance mission that is like literally literally textbook reconnaissance mission. I got to be a part of was. Uh, battle shaping for the Battle of Fallujah. Yeah. We were north of the city of Fallujah and facing south in towards the city, and we were dug in for about four or five days before Fallujah actually kicked off, just taking sniper shots, um, calling in air. Our job was basically to shape battle shaping, shape the battle to go the way we wanted, uh, allow the grunts to get in and take the city. I said this... Every time I tell this story, uh, any part we took with the Battle of Fallujah was uh, a fraction would be generous to say what the grunts did. The grunts cl- cleared Fallujah, not Second Force Reconnaissance Company. So the stories I tell are completely insignificant to what 1-8, and I think it was 3-1 or 1-3. Please forgive me if I get the numbers wrong. The, and there's an army unit to our left. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't know. Their right. numbers are so different from ours. Yeah. Um, Right, I mean, three hundred and thirty-fourth. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, I will say it's all that yeah. shit. Yeah, um, those guys. Uh, so you're kind of in an Overwatch position, and the grunts on the the like who are in the city are just like clearing buildings. So not even yet, not even yet. They're not even. I mean, realistically, the grunts don't even know they're going in the city yet. Okay, because uh, we're still five so days. You're you're shaping the battlefield yeah. still at this time, yeah. and you haven't. Finished what you have to do so that these guys can go in yet. Right. Okay. Uh, any observation post, gone. Well, if there was, we had calling aircraft, calling artillery. And so what, what is what is your job at this point with Force Recon? I know you, it, it, when you were a grunt with the, um, with Charlie Company, you were the radio guy. What what do you what's uh, yeah, your job? I ended here? up being the radio guy. I was a rifleman, and then I ended up being the radio guy. So you're you're a radio guy again no. with Force Recon. Sorry, no, I was a rifleman, and then ended up being the radio guy with the grunts in Recon. I was uh, the sniper, the backup uh, medic, backup, backup corpsman, because we we have corpsmen, but we don't have. There's no uh, position for it. Yeah, there's no position in the Marines for corpsmen. 
That's a Navy guy. Yeah. Okay. Who? But did you you'd finish EMT school? No. Stateside yet? No. When I when I left, I just left. Oh, you uh, just I didn't you withdraw. Just out. I I just okay. I just left. Shoes you were wearing. So <laughs> I didn't I didn't okay. get I had a bunch of incompletes, but then I still and got, you were still the I most s- qualified guy. I still got a C in math for some reason. I have no <laughs> idea how that happened. <laughs> I still got credit for my math class. Everything else was incomplete. I got a credit. Um. So I was a back. So. In the recon team, you hold a bunch of different positions. Okay. Uh, you have your your team leader, assistant team leader, and then everything else is kind of maneuverable. You have your point man, slack man, um, radio operator, but you do a bunch of different things. So my, my role was I was a sniper. I was a shooter because I, there was no school-trained sniper besides my team leader. Um, I was the backup corpsman, backup medic. I was the backup radio operator. And then I was the uh, front first line breacher. I was the explosives guy on my team, so I was the guy that blew off the door if we had to. Okay. And I carried the charges to blow up anything else we wanted to. Okay. All right. So you um, now we're like we're balls deep in Fallujah at this point, right? These guys are not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Okay. We're still still doing the five days prepping everything. So th- this. This is not a shock and awe thing. You guys... Not yet. This is... You're still this is meticulously yes. planning, yes. purposely, you know, taking out observation posts and, right. like, we're, really... At night, we're moving forward, drawing contact so they can show their positions. We'll pull back and then take out that position. I mean, it's... Just a cat and mouse game kind of simple when you break it down, but yeah. a little different when you're actually doing it. Okay. Um, and then the night... Which is significant. The night it was actually getting ready to to, to kick off Volusia, we got the word that it was it was happening. And the thing was, Volusia was only like a couple thousand kilometers away from Camp Volusia. Like you could see it from your tent. You know, it wasn't that far. And we always laughed because everyone was like, "You can't. You start. You leave. They're going to start bombing you. You're going to start rocketing you or mortaring you. What? What if you just walk? Like." <laughs> They won't see us if like the six of us walk up there, you know. Right. So we're very successful just walking from Camp Fallujah to the city of Fallujah, all the way up to literally oh, the yeah? edge of the city. Oh yeah. Was it burned at this time? Yes, it was. It was a railroad track and everything above it. The uh, I mean, we laughed because it was like, well, if you don't leave with a hundred Humvees and three tanks and fourteen right. AAVs, they might make, not know you're coming. If we don't make a yeah. fucking spectacle yeah. of ourselves. Right. Yeah. Um, so we did it for five days. So Fallujah's kicking off that night, and they pulled us up. They pulled us back, just back like couple hundred yards and there's this one building i don't know what it was maybe it was it was like a cemetery um fast forward because there's a funny story i want to share with my buddy frank uh so he his hide his his hidden site that he's that he was hiding it we set this up in the middle of the night now jumping around bear with me and uh we wake up in the morning now, I'm somewhere else. This is all secondhand from his story, but it's worth sharing. Um, he wakes up. He's looking. It's like, it's garbage, like, all over. called the garbage hide. He realized he was in the dump, <laughs> the Fallujah dump. They just dumped their shit, their garbage, out, yeah. out like, outside of the city. And he's looking. And all of a sudden, he sees a cross on the left, cross on the right, cross in front of him. He's like, what the fuck? Is this a cemetery? The cemetery is over by where my team was. He's looking at it on there. He's got a helmet. And it's all a little flag jacket. It says USA on it, on the cross. He's like, what is this? And all of a sudden, 
this pickup truck comes coming out. These guys get out all nonchalantly, like hanging out and everything, grab their AKs, load, start doing target practice. No shit. Frank set up his sniper hide in the center of their shooting range. <laughs> <laughs> so before I realized it, right, like, tsh, 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 three, done. Don't, don't <laughs> <guess>. <laughs> don't it's a shooting range shot back. <laughs> We got a lot of mile, we got a lot of mileage out of that one. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, I know. Yeah, I, no, I, no. I like I said, I, it was worth worth sharing. The opinions and views are that of Chicago's Bravest Stories podcast and their guests. They do not necessarily reflect the views of any municipal governments, fire protection districts, fire departments, EMS, or law enforcement organizations.